Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, and a happy Wednesday. Good morning to each and every one of you. Welcome, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman with a cast of thousands. The quartet, the band, is back together again. Casey, Trace, welcome back from Chicago. Tom. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. Well, I mean, you brought the same energy that Elliot brought <laughs> Speaking of, is your energy any better today, Elliot? Yeah, energy. Good morning. I got high energy today, Tom. Very high energy. Morning, Tom. I'm, I'm happy as you. I you mean, know what? You are. You always show up. <laughs> yes. you, you remind me of uh, a lot of my old broadcast partner, Mark Grace, uh, former great Cubby. Yeah, both great baseball Guys showed players, up right? every day, great mood, fired up, excited. Listen. You know, these other three, it's, it's a hit or miss deal. Listen, I, luckily for me, I had all the tough stuff in life when I was younger, so it's just happy now. I just get to be happy for the rest of my life. So it's I good. need to be more like you. Hey, just get to, get to survive every day. Amen. Amen. Get uh, to hang out come, with the Tom right. We come your way 10 hey. to 12. P. And you can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports <laughs> if you'd rather join us in podcast form. Hey, we're everywhere. Wherever you get your podcast, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Day off yesterday for the Bengalis. They're back at it today downtown, getting ready for Sunday's clash with 3-1 Seattle. Bengals at 2-3, and three, coming off perhaps a season-saving win in Arizona. That game is at 1 o'clock at Paycor Stadium. Big-time game. Bengals trying to get to 500 before the bye. Now, look, whether you're a tennis fan or not, right? Tennis has some fans, and they have some people that are like, nah, okay? But Greater Cincinnati got great, great news yesterday that the Western Southern Open, and they're going to change the name of the tournament, but the point is it's not going anywhere. There was fear that the tournament could be moving to Charlotte, but apparently those that own the tournament, specifically a billionaire from South Carolina who wanted to move it to Charlotte, were so overwhelmed with the event here last summer, so impressed, that they decided to not go anywhere. It's a 25-year deal. And congratulations. You know, I badmouth government all the time around here. But this clearly was a partnership that worked. Warren County, Mr. Young got things rolling there, along with some big-time Fortune 5 companies that are based in greater Cincinnati. They made this thing happen. Job well done. Congratulations. All right, on to baseball. The Texas Rangers wasted no time dispatching Trace's Baltimore Orioles in the division series, sweeping it three games to none. Nathan Abaldi goes seven smooth innings. I mean, nothing. In a 7-1 win last night in Arlington, that place was rocking. So the Orioles, whoever bought into the Orioles, I don't know. I don't think anybody did. They went 101 games during the regular season. They were the only team in baseball this year the only team in baseball to not get swept in a series. They picked a good time to change that. Really good time. Rangers manager Bruce Bochini won his 15th postseason series. That is third most all time behind Joe Torrey's 19 and Tony La Russa, 16. In Minnesota, the Astros jumped all over former Red Sonny Gray. A four-run first inning. Astros got five innings of one-hit shutout baseball from their postseason guy, man, Christian Javier. 9-1 shellacking of the Twins. 
Houston leads that series two games to one. Can wrap it up tonight at 7 o'clock. That game can be seen on FS1. In the National League, the Braves and Phillies tied at one game apiece. Game three tonight. Needless to say, this is a monster game tonight. And the Phillies have the guy they want on the mound. He didn't have necessarily a great year this year, Aaron Nola. But his last three starts, he looks like the Phillies' ace. Atlanta has not announced a starter for game three. That starts at 5 o'clock. You can watch it on TBS. A three-game sweep. That's what the Arizona Diamondbacks are thinking. They get that chance tonight in front of 50,000-plus in Phoenix. After beating L.A. two straight in L.A., the D-backs and Dodgers tee it up at 9. TBS has that game. And sad news, gymnast Mary Lou Retton. Now, for some of our younger crowd, you may not remember her. For those of us 40 or older, you remember her well. She captured the attention of America and the world, was on the cover of a Wheaties box, winning gold medals in the 1984 Summer Olympics. She is fighting for her life in a Texas hospital. The 55-year-old has a rare form of pneumonia. Our prayers are certainly with her and her family. All right, boys. Back at it for the first time in a while. And that means the Hall of Famer is back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's back. And he comes out roaring. He's got the Reds. Uh, I don't know if that's a light behind you there, Dad, that's supposed to be on the Reds thing. That looks kind of new. Maybe I'm wrong. You got no, the. You're wrong. All right. You got the faded out Reds pink pullover thing going. Um, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. It's nice to be back with you and all the boys, and uh, it's like all home week again. Well, you know, we've had we, we've had a change sort of in the band here now because you know Paul quit. Quitter. Quitter. Yeah, right? that's his nickname, Quitter. He's moved on to Xavier. So we have Casey is still around. Trace right. Fowler, uh, Reed right. Mouse, and you have hey, Elliot, Reed, aka the Zebrazillionaire. Reed and Elliot. How you doing, Mr. Brenneman? How's it going, Marty? I, I lost his sound there. What yeah. How you doing, guys? We're good. How We're are good. you? We're... It's nice seeing you, Marty. It's been a long time. Playing faces this early in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's very excited to see you, and uh, welcome back. Look, let's start with the uh, the baseball playoffs. Um, okay. You know, I, I I heard a bunch of people on national shows talking the last day or two as these higher-seeded teams who did not play in the wild-card round are getting their tails kicked on a nightly basis, by and large. Atlanta, the only one that's not, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm just trying to figure out, now all of a sudden everybody's saying, oh, this format stinks. How do you feel about this whole thing? Well, you know, Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece for The Athletic yeah. on Monday about it. And, and I think his bone of contention, and maybe there's some authenticity and truth to it, is the fact that um, you know, the two teams that won their divisions with the best records are the teams that have what could be a five-day sit-down until they are able to play, and how that could be ruinous to a team's momentum and rustiness sets in, et cetera, et cetera. I'll, I'll give him some uh, plausibility as far as, as that position is concerned, but I get so damn upset that every time something doesn't go the way baseball thinks it should go, then we have to step in and make changes. And, you know, it's almost as if there's a conspiracy 
that they want the best teams as far as their records are concerned over the course of a six, six and a half, seven month season to automatically be in the World Series. And I, I, that's there, I, I disagree with that. Let's, let's, let's let this current format play out over the next two or three years and then draw some conclusions. But just because uh, Baltimore, which I think was very overrated to begin with, um, got their butts kicked and, and, and there's a chance that, uh, you know, some other teams could also fall by the wayside, the Dodgers. Uh, I, I don't see any reason with tampering this thing right now, trying to figure out another system that's going to be more in keeping with the way the powers that be think. I say the hell with the powers that be. If some low-life team uh, catches, I can go back to the early part of this century when the, when the St. Louis Cardinals uh, were essentially a 500 team mm -hmm. that snuck into the postseason, ended up winning the World Series in 2003 or 2004, whatever it was. There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, this crap about tweaking the format because it's not going the way they think it should go, I'd say, uh, you know, forget that. Just let it play out. And then when you've got enough years to make some kind of educated opinions uh, or, or certainties based on the current situation, then maybe you rethink it, but not now. You know, I think it would be fascinating to um... – to have the Rangers and the Astros meet in the American League Championship Series because of everything yes. that went on there with, you know, the celebration thing. For those of you that aren't aware, you know, last week you had uh, Texas celebrating uh, that they had gotten into the playoffs. They needed to win the next day uh, to win the division. They, they did not. Houston won. Houston wins the division. There were some reporters that really angered uh, Chris Young, the general manager of the Rangers, insinuating that the Rangers players were partying all night and all this kind of thing, and they weren't ready to show up and play and win a division the next day. Uh, I, I think that this Rangers team, to me, I, you know, and I'll be the first to say, when they came in very early in the year, uh, I had made the comment they did not impress me in the least bit. And they didn't. They didn't play well no. here at all. But that's baseball over a, a six-month time frame. You're going to watch teams play. Uh, it's just like yeah. Baltimore. I would have said the same thing about them. I didn't think they looked any good at all against the Reds. Uh, and they didn't look good against the Reds. And they just got their – I mean, they got their asses kicked against Texas. They sure uh, did. And, yeah. and so, you know, you look at some of these teams, and, and that's the beauty kind of hand-in-hand hand with what you're talking about. But that would be the series I think most people would want to see outside of Minneapolis. Well, but, uh, on top of what you said, I think there's bad blood between those two teams yeah. to begin yeah. with. Um, and I think that lends itself to uh, the uh, a level of interest that would surpass a matchup involving either one of those teams and another ball club. Uh, I think it would be sensational for television ratings. I would be sensational for interest. Uh, so I agree with you. I think that would be uh, some kind of series to pay attention to and watch, uh, given the, the track records of the two teams and the histories that uh, pertain to the two teams when they go head-to-head -head without any question. And, you know, Dad, it goes hand-in-hand hand with what I was just talking about in watching, you know, depending on when you watch a team, the old adage about it's not who you play, it's when you play them, right? So, you yeah. know, okay, that leads into this whole Diamondbacks-Dodgers thing. If you didn't know what the Dodgers did during the regular season, again, winning over 100 games, and you just watched the first two games of this series – 
you would say to yourself, especially from a pitching standpoint, I mean, offensively, they've done nothing against Arizona. But from a pitching standpoint, you would say to yourself, are you kidding me? I mean, Kershaw lays an egg in game one. The Miller kid throws 8,000 miles an hour but has no idea where it's going. He doesn't even last two innings in the game. So, it, you know, it just goes to show you about when you play them, not who you play, because the Dodgers are beat up in their rotation. Hi, Miller. Well, I, I think uh, – go ahead. No, I just I, said hi, I, Miller. I think that, that's all. Oh, yeah, Millie's running around because Amanda's got to take her to get groomed, and it's like somebody – slit her throat when she's got to get the car and go get groomed are so you she's running groomed? are you getting groomed does she take you to get groomed who Millie? i mean amanda no, does amanda take you to get groomed no 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 i groom myself but um but millie hates it and so she's down here thinking i'm going to protect her from amanda picking her up and putting her in the car seat <laughs> and taking her so she's down here with me it's the only time she runs to me is when amanda's taking her to get groomed yeah, the rest of now, Amanda's down here trying to wave her on, and she has in, no interest whatsoever. In fact, she started to shake already. She's shaking. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, right. Yeah, but I, I think you got to cut. You got to cut the Dodgers some some slack, Tom, because they're pitching. Their pitching is beat up, um, and, and I think it's unfortunate uh, that a team that has so much talent uh, goes into a series handcuffed because they have key people in their rotation who have proven their merit over the course of one or two or three seasons are unavailable. And Dave Roberts has got to make do with what he's got. I agree with the Miller kid has a great arm. Great arm doesn't mean a damn thing if you can't locate the ball where you want to locate it. Uh, and, and he had that problem. Uh, I'm not so sure that Zach Gallen might not be the best pitcher in the National League I right agree now. 100%. Uh, boy, is he a stud. Golly, oh, Dave, and I'm so happy. Because, you know, he's a part of the Tar Heel family, and God bless him for being the pitcher that he is coming out of Chapel Hill. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, uh, Arizona may be one of those teams that I referenced earlier in talking about the Cardinals. Um, you have a team that catches fire toward the end of the year, is relatively healthy, and all of a sudden that momentum just carries right on through the postseason, and they end up in the World Series, and with a little bit of extra luck, they may end up being world champions. Um, that's a nice team. I mean, you know, you got the Carroll kid who's a odds-on favorite to be the National League Rookie of the Year. It's a solid defensive ball club with a nice mix of young and, and, and veteran players like Longoria at third base. Um, I, I like that team. And, and and so, I you know, it's going to be interesting now with the Dodgers showing their backs to the wall uh, and what's going to happen from here on out. Uh, but, but, you know, again, I feel bad for them because I'm a big Dave Roberts fan. I think Dave Roberts is one of the major assets in Major League Baseball. He's a class act. Uh, he gives an interview on TV during the middle of the game, and he acts like he enjoys doing it mm -hmm. as opposed to some of these guys that, that uh, are – on borderline rude when they're being inter in interviewed. And I understand that's a pain in the rear end. Same time, I'm a fan of Dave Roberts. I hate to see him handcuffed like he is, but yeah, baseball is baseball. Sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. 
I'm drifting off where I want to go here for a second, but you brought up the manager thing. Did you read the article, and you alluded to The Athletic earlier, and I talk about it all the time. If you're a sports fan, and I'm not getting paid by these guys, I mean, it, it's not a lot no, that's of money, right. but only, everybody only has a certain amount of money that they can budget and spend for different things, and so, you know, you, you never lose sight of that. But if you're a hardcore sports fan and you got a few extra bucks, that is without a doubt the place uh, to have a subscription. Did you read the article the best. Uh, that was written about – Baseball managers and how they are paid in relation to NFL coaches and college football coaches. There are 25 Division I college football coaches, 25 of them, that are paid more than the highest paid manager in Major League Baseball. And there are something like 60 coaches in college football that make more money than the average salary of a Major League manager. All of this has basically right. transpired because of Sabre metrics. How much of an impact do you believe a manager really has? Because some say it has no impact. I think some managers have more than others. Um, uh, for instance, Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker has fought like a dog uh, against analytics, overcoming his personal ability to put a lineup together that is going to be the best he can put on the field on a given night against a particular pitcher. He has fought against it from day number one, and he, so far he's been he's won uh, because they have acquiesced to him uh, because of the experience that he's had, the success he's had in the past. Um, uh, but I think there's some. I've been told there's some managers that they have no control over the lineup that they play on a given night. That that lineup is sent down to him at 2:30 in the afternoon for a 7:15 game or whatever. And this is a lineup based on your analytic geeks that uh, they feel is best suited to uh, go out and win on a particular night against a given pitcher. Uh, I see, as I said, I think there's some that have more power than others, but I also think that uh, we are seeing slowly a pendulum begin to move back a bit toward the middle because there have been club. I'm trying to remember which club is laying the blame. I think it's the Yankees. Uh, where their analytical department failed miserably over the course of the 2023 season. And, and so all of a sudden now changes are going, massive changes are going to be made. Um, and, and I think that's the first chink in the armor. If you're going to go to something as radical as analytics, you better damn sure make sure that you can get it done and your decisions, if you're an analytic geek, um, prove to be accurate. And, and I think over time, we're going to see things change a little bit. And I think they should be changed because I think there's been too much emphasis placed on analytics and not enough on gut reactions of guys who have made a career out of being successful major league managers. And I think there are a whole bunch of them. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I know you talked about the salary article. I think they said Brian Schnitker made $1.2 million. Yeah. Now, here's a guy that's had great success. And he is a, quote, baseball man from the word go. Yep. Going all the way back to the beginning of time. And there are a lot of guys like that. Um, I think Buck Showalter's like that. Uh, yep. He's lost his job. I know he has uh, interest now in the, in the Angels job. Uh, I think Joe Madden will be back in the business one day soon. Uh, I think he's a baseball man. I just think too much emphasis has been placed on analytics, some of which I think is very good and very pertinent to a team's success on the field. Some of it I think is a bunch of crap. 
And, and uh, as long as we have these baseball analytic geeks around uh, to try and overshadow everything there is about this great game of baseball, we're going to have a problem. Uh, the Reds. Look, uh, everybody thought I think they're over under in Vegas for wins this year was 64, 65, something in that neighborhood. Uh, clearly, they boat race that number. They, they bring up all these young players. Uh, and, and there is a, a, unbelievable optimism for the future and, and all of these young guys. But they do have to make some decisions. If you're sitting in the yes. crawl seat uh, and you know what you know, you know, a lot of pitchers threw more innings than they have in the past. A lot of pitchers are breaking down. You haven't seen a full season of staying healthy from Hunter Green, from Nick Lodolo, from Graham Ashcraft. None of those three has pitched a full season in the big leagues because of injury. And God bless them, you, you pray they're, they're, they're never hurt again. But it does, I think it, it's alarming when young guys are hurt all the time. I think it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and you can say, well, you know, the Ashcraft thing is a freak thing. Fine. Uh, the Lodolo thing's a freak thing. Fine. Not going to argue about it. But if you're right. Nick Crawl and you're looking at this team, let's start with the pitching. What are you going to do this offseason to put yourself in a spot to contend for the Central Division title? Well, the first thing I'm – my first priority will be, and I've said this for a month. In fact, I go back to opening day – when their rotation was five young, relatively inexperienced guys. And I said then, it's going to be awfully hard with no veteran presence in that rotation for this club to sustain any kind of continuity that would take them into a possible postseason. Of course, I didn't think they could get there. I said on opening day, and somebody played it back on Twitter in, in uh, at the end of July, when I was asked what the team record would be, and I said it would be 66 and uh, and 66 and 94, whatever that that doesn't add up, but uh, 68 68 and 94 is a record I said they'd have on opening day. Obviously, I was dead wrong. They go 82 and 80. I think my priority would be if I'm Nick Crawl, one of one priority. Number one, this this is not where I would stop. I go out and I sign or trade for a veteran major league pitcher who's been around the block, who has had a measure of success with one or more big league ball clubs, is healthy, and equally as important to all of that is a guy who has tremendous positive influence on young pitchers in the clubhouse. And I use as an example Tom Seaver when he came from the Mets in 1979 it was an incredible influence on people like Frank Pastore and Paul Moscow and Tommy Hume and some of these guys. Uh, Bronson Arroyo did the same thing in the last 10, 12 years. Great influence in the clubhouse. You've got to have a veteran pitcher in the middle or at the top of your rotation to take some of the pressure and to teach these young guys about things that will make them even better down the road. That would be priority one. The other thing would be to look seriously, uh, and I don't know where you're playing, but I think it's necessary to come up with a left-handed bat that has some pop because most of the most of these guys are right-hand hitters, um, and 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 I think you you're overloaded from that side of the plate. Uh, you got to improve your bullpen. 
that's the area that costs less money than any other area on your club to improve. But I am so damn tired of watching this club go out. Hey, we just signed Joe Smith to a minor league contract with an invitation to the big league camp. He's only pitched for seven different ball clubs and has an under 500 record, but we think this guy can help us. I'm tired of seeing that. Go out and sign some guys that have pitched well in, in, in bullpens around the ba uh, Major League Baseball because, like I said, compared to some of the other areas, it's not going to cost you as much money. And I don't, I'm not saying revamp your bullpen because I think you've got some guys down there that did a good job this year, and they should be rewarded for that. Um, so basically, I, I think that that's what they've got to do. Obviously, the biggest single decision is going to be what they're going to do with Joey Votto. Well, what are uh, they going to do with Joey uh, Votto? What are they going to do? Well, I don't know. If, if, I'm, if I'm the Reds, if I'm Joey Votto, now I'm putting myself in his position. Okay. I walk into Nick Kroll's office and I say, you know, that $20 million that you guys have on me, if you decide to bring me back, tear that up. Throw that throw that away. You owe me $7 million anyway, because yeah. I, if I leave, we part company, you got to pay me $7 million. I'll come back here for X amount of money on top of that $7 million. So it all depends upon if that figure is, is the type of thing that would interest the team. I think this club would be making a serious mistake, and that is bring him back and pay him $20 million in 2024. And, and I, think, I think Joey Votto will be a Hall of Famer one day, not taking anything away from what he did. But at the same time, you have a kid in Encarnacion Strand, for me, that has to pay a, play 140 games minimum next year if he stays healthy at first base. And I think if he does that, he's going to hit 35 home runs like falling out of bed. He's going to be a run producer. Uh, he's got to play. So either way you do it, if you bring Joey Votto back, he has to come back with the understanding that he's not going to play as much as he probably would like to because you've got to give these kids a chance to play on a regular basis. You can't sit somebody down for a 40-year-old guy who is probably in his last year as a major league player anyway. And, and so I, I think uh, $20 million, I think, is just throwing money down the drain. I really do. And if you do it because of what he's meant to this organization, that ain't the way to do business. That's not the proper way to do business. Everybody respects the fact that he has been one of the truly great players in the history of this franchise. But to just arbitrarily say, you know what, as a reward for your years of service, we're going to pick up the $20 million option. I think that's bad business. You know, the, the, the part of that whole equation is, of course, or a part of it, is, you know, Votto still believes in, in the Dan Patrick show. He was on last week. He's been injured the last right. two years. There's no doubt about that. He was injured two years ago. He has the two surgeries. I'm not sure he was ever healthy at 100% this year, if at all, right? And the numbers reflect it. I mean, you know, you take away really about a four-game stretch here, about a five-game stretch there, and he's about a 180 hitter because he hit 200 even with those good stretches in there. So, look, I'm not bad-mouthing the guy in any form or fashion. I believe he was hurt. No. Uh, but, but he right. feels like that he will be healthy and he will be 
a good player again and a highly productive player again. We always focus, and I do too, like you just mentioned, about the money. What are they going to pay him? What should they pay him? What should they not pay him? Et cetera, et cetera. But, but a big part of this equation is what he believes he still has left in the tank. So would, so would it come down to uh, a situation, and let's just pick Toronto because that's the easy target, right? They got Brandon Belt down there that they paid $9 million last year. Belt had a better season than people realize, and he's a lot younger than Votto. But if they wanted to replace Belt with Votto, bring him back to his hometown. They pay him whatever they pay him. And Votto says, well, okay, if the money's the same, do I go somewhere where I play more or do I stay here where I play less, but it's where I want to be? Well, I mean, that's a decision he has to make. Yeah. Um, but I go back. I don't, if, if I'm owning this franchise and, and or I'm the general manager and I have autonomy, in making a decision, I don't have interference from the ownership group as to whether or not I'm going to keep a player or trade a player or release a player, whatever the case might be. I go back to what I said a moment ago. It would be immaterial to me what a player thinks he's still capable of. I'm going to operate based on what I see and what I think and take everything into consideration, the age of the player, the health of the player, uh, what he did in 2023, then I'm, it's going to be my decision. I'm not going to be talked in to bringing him back or anybody else back based on what that player tells me he thinks he can do. I, I just I don't operate that way. I, I, and I don't think any good operation in, in Major League Baseball is going to say, we're going to reward you because you've been a tremendous asset, and he has, to this ball club. Because, and we're going to just give you $20 million dollars and, and hopefully things work out next season and you get as much playing time as you want. But for me, the only way he's going to get the kind of playing time that I would assume he thinks he should get is if Encarnacion Strand doesn't cut it. And now you got to turn to Joey Votto in hopes that he can do what he says he thinks he can do if he's healthy. So I, I think there are a lot of things, a lot of factors to be considered. But at the same time, I go back to the first thing I said. There's no way on God's earth that I just arbitrarily say, okay, we're going to pick up the $20 million and bring you back for 2024. Uh, I'd have a hard time doing that. All right, gentlemen, the, uh, the, um, the, the floor is yours. Uh, Zebra, Elliot, anything for the Hall of Famer? Yes. Uh, Dad, whatever you do, if he gives you any betting tips, bet the other way. He that's, has gone okay. south like nobody on God's earth. Marty, that's, Marty, Are we that's talking not- about Elliot? Yes, I mean, straight south. Okay. Marty, that was slanderous. I'm a great gambler. Don't check the records on that, though. Okay, so I have, I have, I I love Ian Jabot. Ian Jabot is my favorite pitcher. Now, why why are you saying that? You badmouth this guy all year long. Marty Marty agrees with me. We both like him. You badmouthed him. I didn't badmouth him. You killed him. I I badmouthed nobody. Did I believe in him all the way through the whole last year? You no. Said I had he my was doubts. going to pitch for England in the world. He base. did. He did pitch for England. He's a Brit. Hello, Governor. That what, that's what he is. He's, a, he's, hello, hello, fish and chips. That's what he is. Now, now, Marty, now, Marty, I have a question for you. The bullpen, yes, they pitched phenomenally this year. I still have my doubts. Alexis Diaz fell off at the end. Uh, Ian Jabot, I love him, but it seems like when there's a runner on base, he kind of he kind of tightens up and he gets scared and he gives up home runs left and right. Do you think the Reds need to address the bullpen at all this offseason? 
were you listening to what I said? <laughs> well, like, I, did turn, you go out, go no, to the no, bathroom no. while I was talking? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. I said they needed to improve their bullpen. I no. said that, and I said that it's a least inex, a least expensive area that you have that where you can improve it and not really spend a whole lot of money. Now, I I agree with you 100% about Jabot, and you talked about how he seemed to slack off and and, and Diaz. I think those guys were out of gas. I really, truly believe that when September came, their best days were so far behind them because they were worn out. And I think a big challenge uh, for David Bell and, 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 and Johnson, the pitching coach, is they have got to demand more innings out of their starting pitchers. Because it, they, I don't, and we've seen enough of it now over the years in which David Bell has managed his club, going to three, four, five relief pitchers, uh, three or four times a week. It doesn't work, and the only way you can improve that and and sustain some measure of effectiveness from these guys over a full season coming out of the bullpen is to get more innings out of your starting pitching. And I think there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You've got to sit down with these guys and say, hey, fellas, we got to figure out a way to work this because we got to get more innings out of you guys in 2024 than we did this past year. Uh, I like Jabot. I think he was tired at the end. I love Diaz. I think he was tired. It's just like every Lucas Sims and a whole bunch of them. There are guys in that bullpen that need replacing, but I think that there is a core that you keep, and then you go out and try to improve upon the other areas in that bullpen to really give them a gang-bang bullpen for next year, but you still have to get more innings out of your starters. That makes a lot of sense. It would have been great if I listened the first time, but th the reiteration of that point was very important. I'm glad I, I still I still stand with my question. I'm glad I asked it. I wouldn't be glad I, I asked it. You're really lucky because nobody <laughs> has been lit up over 60 years more than I have by him, and he just gave you kid glove treatment. Well, thank you, Mr. Hall of Famer. Thank you. Thank you. Reed, anything Thank you, you big boy? Reed is a big Cubby fan, Dad. Uh, he watched, suffered in great pain during the Cubby's epic collapse this year. Reed, the floor is yours. Right. Yeah, Marty, I'm a Cubs fan. I know, I know you love Cubs fans, so I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask this question. They love me, too. They love me, too, Reed. <laughs> well, I love you, Marty. I grew up here, so I grew up listening Thank to you. Thank you. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that the starters need to go longer, and you, and you said that they need to improve the bullpen. Do you think it is likely that the Reds sh will or they should go after a veteran arm to, you know, kind of help those young starters? They have plenty of very talented Oh, arms. my God. Uh, Here we go again. Don't don't fall for this, oh Marty. Oh, my God. Been? Let's move on. Trace, don't fall for that. Trace, Marty. I'm sorry, Marty. I had to. That's I had a to bit, back Marty. Up. I had to back up my boy Elliot. <laughs> I had to back up my boy Elliot. God, so, he may uh, never come on again thanks to you two. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying my yeah, best. Trace. Trace. Uh, Marty, please. let me actually help Good you out here. Uh, I'm going to. I'm it's going I feel south. Like, I feel like Marty made an excellent point at the very beginning of this program. For those that haven't been listening, which seems like half the room on the other side, um, <laughs> he, he basically the prisoner of the moment theory right now with the MLB playoffs to reiterate your point uh, the New York Mets made the World Series in 1973 with 82 wins in the regular season the St. Louis Cardinals made the World Series and won the World Series in 2006 with 83 wins 
And the Minnesota right. Twins in 1987 won the World Series with 85 wins. We're in a, we're in a position in this country, and I, I would like to hear what you, your thoughts are on this, where it seems as if we love tournaments. That's what our culture has been built upon. We love March Madness. We love the NFL playoffs. We love the MLB postseason. And then obviously across the pond in Europe, when they play uh, soccer and by soccer, Marty, I mean football over there. Uh, it's one of those right. things where would you rather would you rather have an MLB playoff system to where they shrink it all the way back up and they take the four best teams and then there's only four teams in the league that can make the postseason and everyone that is worthy has a chance to play in the World Series? Or do you prefer the nature of the beast now where you have eight, nine, ten teams in, the, in, the, in each league that have a chance to make the postseason and then obviously see what the Diamondbacks are able to do? And, and obviously the Rangers won 90 games, so that's a little bit of a side. But a team like the Diamondbacks where they sneak in and they have a chance to make the World Series, would you prefer that? Grace, I like it the way it is because I think that I, I was 100% in favor of adding a third playoff team, uh, a wild card team. Um, I think it sustains interest uh, in certain cities, uh, given what their team may or may not be accomplishing, uh, that otherwise would not be there. And I think that's one of the goals that Major League Baseball has, and that is to sustain interest uh, uh, throughout the course of an entire season. So I don't, I don't have a problem with the way it is. I have a problem with there almost seems to be a conspiracy to make sure we got to figure out a way to make sure that the teams with the best records in each league are the teams that have a better chance than anybody else of getting to the World Series. I think one of the one of the the, the beauties of baseball, uh, and you just reiterated it by talking about the Mets of '73 and 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 the Cardinals of '06 and the Twins and whatever year they won it all. I think that is something that has a tremendous appeal not only to the people in the city in which this team is making a, quote, miracle run, but to people all over baseball that, that loves to root for the underdog. And, and, and so I think the system is fine now. I, I have no problem with the system. I have a problem with those people who are automatically talking about, well, we got to tweak it again because it's not doing what we expected it to do. Just shut up and let them play. Any advice for a guy that obviously has watched Joey Votto his whole career but tries to objectively look at things from the standpoint as a fan of seeing whether or not you should make decisions or not make decisions based off of performance? Uh, any advice for, for someone like myself who loves Joey Votto but at the same time realizes that, first of all, that $20 million option that they have, the Reds will never even consider that in a million years. If anything, that they could convince me maybe, again, Joey Votto could come back for like what you were suggesting, maybe $9 million. You take add $2 million to right. seven, you come to nine. The issue that I have with that, and this is where uh, I need some advice, I just don't think there's space on this roster anymore, Marty. There, there, there's, there's also guys that are still in the minor leagues that still need to be protected by the 40-man. You add in the fact that somebody else might come up next season, a la Matt McClain or all these other guys that might have hit 240 or 250 in AA last season, but then they're ready to go. A guy by the name of Dunn comes to mind. I just think that we are in a position as Reds fans, and I say fans, to where it's hard for me to sit here and argue that we shouldn't keep Joey around, but then I'm called a hater because I don't like Joey Votto, but then on the opposite side, you watch him play all year, Marty, and I don't know if your eyes tell you differently, but my eyes tell me that he's just a guy that unfortunately his old father time has caught up with him, and it's a position now where the Reds have to make the, the hardest decision maybe they've made in a little while, and they're just going to have to let him walk. 
what would you do or how do you go about walking that tight line as a Reds fan? Well, I, I think, you know, we're talking about a unique situation here because in all the years I've been associated with this club, um, the only player that I think evoked the kind of passion that um, the fans that follow Votto have would probably go back to when the Reds and, and Pete parted company back in the late 70s and he ended up going to Philadelphia and then to Montreal. People were up in arms about that because they love Pete Rose. That outfit, uh, and that, and for different reasons, that, that was uh, the relative infancy of free agency, and they were concerned about how much money they were going to pay him. But that was a pittance compared to what we're talking here now, about $20 million. I agree with everything you say, Trace, every single thing you say. You're talking about people who drink the Kool-Aid, the Joy Votto Kool-Aid, and they have no objectivity at all. They, if, if the Reds' option year for him was $45 million, they'd say pay it because we're talking about Joey Votto here. We're not talking about some other player. I just think that at some point people have to be as objective as you are and I think as objective as I am. And if they want to beat me up because I feel the way I feel about approaching this thing from a purely business perspective, then the hell with them because I think my, my thoughts are to the point where this club has money to spend, and I just think giving him $20 million is just too much. And I agree with what you say about uh, playing time. Um, it, it just it, it created a very tough situation. I respect the fact that he still wants to play, and he thinks he can play. Uh, and I underline the word think. I compare that situation with what went on in Detroit when at the beginning of this season, Miguel Cabrera said, this is it for me. And they honored him in the manner in which he should be honored. He is a lead pipe Hall of Famer, I think, just like Votto is. And now he's moving into the Detroit front office, beginning right now. He's going from the, a great player uh, to a guy that's going to lend his expertise and knowledge and everything that went into making him the player that he became in the hopes that it will in part upon some of the younger players to make them better down the road. Um, Votto, on the other hand, could have had the same thing that they they uh, they did in Detroit for for Cabrera, but he chose to continue playing, and he's repeating the same uh, thing that he said at the beginning of last year. I'm I'm playing this year, and now he's saying I feel like I can come back and play next year. So I, I think he's put this club in a tough situation. Because the fans are going to raise hell about the, the club if they elect to part company with him. And they're going to say they're cheap and they're this and they're that. And that all of that will be dead wrong. But then again, with people who have more objectivity, like you and like me and like a whole bunch of other people, would say if they just arbitrarily give him the $20 million to come back because he's been such an asset for the last 17 or 18 years, that's a bad business decision. It is a bad business decision now, and it will be a bad business decision if they give him $20 million to come back next year. Uh, Casey, you uh, are the, uh, the, the regular here. Before we wrap it up, and we thank you, uh, Dad, for your time here today, what would you yes. like to, to say to the Hall of Famer, if well, anything? I've got a couple things. Uh, one, this has no, no question. I'm just saying as a statement, 
this was my first year as a Reds fan. I feel like I uh, I had a pretty good season as you my did. first Reds fan. You did. Yeah. You went a lot. But, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. I'm really I'm really happy I started to follow this team this year. Um, now the chat has asked a few questions. They sent in some super chats. I'm gonna just read through them really quickly. Uh, Molly, one of our viewers, says, "Marty, what would you do, or what is your favorite Reds player of all time? Who is your favorite?" Uh, I, I I respond to that by naming two players, and 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 it's hard for me to separate one from the other. Uh, I sadly would offer to you that I believe today is the anniversary of Joe Morgan's passing three years ago. Oh, wow. um, Joe Morgan's the smartest player I ever had the pleasure of being associated with. And I say it with great prejudice because he also was a dear, dear friend of mine. And Pete is the same thing. So uh, my all two all-time favorite players are Pete Rose and Joe Morgan. In answer to a question that you did not answer, ask, in your opinion, who's the greatest player in the history of the franchise? My answer to that would be Frank Robinson. Okay. Um, okay. They traded him in the 60s saying he was over the hill. He promptly went to Baltimore and won an MVP award with the Orioles. I think he's the greatest all-around player in the history of this club. Uh, but Morgan and Rose are the two guys that were my all-time favorite players. Okay. And then uh, Mr. Moe asks, this what would you do? This is the last one here now. Yeah. All what right. would you do with the catcher situation? Yeah, that's a good question, you know, because I think you know, the that's single a... biggest disappointment on this team was Stevenson this year. I don't argue with that at all. Uh, and I think, um, I, I think they need to make some type of decision as to what road they're going to go with Tyler because he certainly didn't have the year that I thought he was going to have. Uh, I love the kid. I think he's a quality quality person and it's the kind of guy that every club would want to have wearing their uniform but again we go back to business being business um they may decide to go another another way another route i thought luke maley did a great job for this club exceeding any expectation that anybody had but again you're not talking about a guy who's an everyday player uh so they had to decide are we going to see a different uh, tyler stevenson in 2024 or if they've got their mind made up otherwise, they got to go out and find somebody to be an everyday catcher on this club. All right. Well, Dad, uh, we thank you for your generosity. We've kept you here 40 minutes, and it's been uh, great stuff. Tom, All of our uh, chat members love this. Can stuff. I make, yes. a, can yeah, I make a point? Of course. Before I go, as far as this club is concerned, and I've said it to people who raised hell because they folded down the stretch and they were worn out and they didn't make the postseason. When we talk about the 2023 Reds 25 years from now, the thing that I will always remember is, and I agreed with not making a move at the trade deadline 110%, and I still agree with it. Okay. This team is going to go down. This young bunch of kids that didn't know how to spell the word pressure more any more than feeling it. This is a team that made baseball relevant again in this town. Mm -hmm. Given the success that the Bengals had going into this year with Joe Burrow and all the rest of those talented football players, what FC Cincinnati has done in still its relative infancy, this the baseball had almost become an afterthought. And this team made baseball relevant again. And I think this team is going to go on a run that will make them an impactful club in the National League Central if it stays healthy for a number of years to come. That's Fair all enough. I got. Fair enough. 
All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I was going to say, uh, send you an invitation. Your longtime partner, of course, God rest his soul as well, Joe Nuxall. Hamilton yep. Joe, here in Hamilton this weekend, they have one of their biggest events that they have on an annual basis, and that is Operation Pumpkin. It's a four-day celebration. What the hell are you laughing at, Elliot? I'm not laughing. Go ahead. Continue with the bit. Why are you laughing? Continue, please. I, I'm not laughing. I, I, I love You and I are the biggest Hamilton supporters in this room, bar none. But I want you to continue, though. Well, I, I was just going to say, I know he's going out of town. So, unfortunately, you're unable to come. Uh, I would like to think that sometime down the road you could come over and join us. We're going to go on a big walkthrough. Shake hands, kiss babies, all that kind of thing. Uh <laughs> What the hell are you laughing at, Elliot? I'm not laughing. I'm just. I'm, You're I'm, over there laughing at this. something. I can't believe I'm not this. doing anything. I'm not. Tom, continue, please. I'm. I'm I, I, I love can't Hamilton. This. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sometime down the road, I hope you can come join us because we're going to be here this week. I will if I'm in town next year. We'll do it. Operation Pumpkin. We'll look forward to it. All right, I got Dad, it. Thanks for the time. Have a great rest of your day. All right, guys. Good to be with you today. Nice to be back. Good to be back. Great to have you nice back. That's good stuff right there. Thanks, Tom. That's great. Well, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you're me? You're sitting there shaking your head. Me? I mean, he's the one you ought to be worried about. And you're it's sitting not there me. It's you. It's not me. It's you. Time out a second. I am sitting here, and I am extending, right? Christian fellowship here. Extending I, yeah. an invitation. I mean, I drive in today to Hamilton, as I do every single day like you guys do. A couple of you live here. Um and, and, the, and the, 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 the signs are up everywhere. High Street's going to be closed, mm -hmm. right? The mm -hmm. 12th through the 16th. Mm -hmm. And big letters right there. I saw them this morning. Operation Pumpkin. We've talked about it. Why are you laughing? I'm not. And I, so I invited my dad to come out. But then I remembered he goes on this Reds cruise every year. Trace, could you, again, bring back some sanity to this? These two guys over sanity? here. I don't Tom. know what the hell is going on over there. Very unserious over there. Very no doubt about it. What are you guys no talking about? about it. Yeah, Tom, this is a very serious sports talk show. Thank I don't know you. Why, I, don't know, I don't know why they always try to make everything funny over there. They, they got people in the chat that are mad at them because they got an opportunity to ask Marty some questions, and they're over there just having fun. And you know what? I, I mean, that's just who they are. If you don't like that side of the room, then that's just that's a you thing, not a me thing. Uh, there's a lot of things that Marty said, though, that I thought were relatively interesting and I thought were very, uh, very wise. So I want to, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, Trace, I want to say something. Trace asked a Joey Votto question after I already talked about Joey Votto. He already oh explained the whole Joey Votto situation. No, so no. He presented it in a totally different way. No, you two guys asked the question of two, the only two topics, I think, that he directly addressed. Trace, help me here. It, he said, I would do this with a starting rotation, bring in a veteran guy. I, I would do this with the bullpen. I and the first it. two questions out of your guys, that side of the room. <laughs> hey, Marty! Hey, what would you do with the bullpen? Listen, hey, Marty! What would you do with that starting rotation? No, 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 wait, that, was the bra that was the bravest thing I've ever done, guys. Is There's no <laughs> one I, I maybe respect more in this world than Marty Brenneman. And it's a chance to ask Marty Brenneman a question. And the first thing I pull out is a troll. <laughs> I, I asked a joke just, just to carry on the joke. I was going to ask him about Will Benson, of all people. And <laughs> right. I was just like, I've got a bit. I've got to buy into this bit. Listen, if, listen, Casey took the easy way out and went with the super chat way. I'm a gambler. <laughs> I took a risk. I was, listen, 
was I was reading the chat. At some point, we have to pay attention to our chat. These are our loyal members. I was I was listening in one ear and I was paying attention to the chat in the other. So I, I did I get distracted for a little bit? Yeah, I did. Did I take a risk? Did I swing and a miss with an Ian Jabo question? Yes, I did. I can't be listen. I can't be Mr. Funny up here all the time. All right, I I can't do it. I need somebody else to help me. Casey was reading the super chats. He took the easy way out. Next time, I'm just gonna read the super chat. I'm not even gonna think of anything creative. No, I'm not gonna see, I'm not gonna talk. Now, now you're getting now defensive. You I'm not, like I'm not gonna talk to the chat. I'm not gonna say anything funny. I do you know do you see do you, this do, is a kind of stuff Tom, do you have that fake British accent this in your bag? This is a kind of reaction, right? That that I get from my 21 year old daughter, 21 year old daughter, 20 year old daughter, where you know, I'll say something to her. She gets immediately defensive and then now says, well, from now on, I'm going to do it. That's right. We have a word for this, Tom. You are an intelligent, hardcore, Thank knowledgeable Thank baseball fan. Thank Reds you. fan. Thank you very much. You have questions that would be very good questions, I have no doubt, I, I, for Marty Brenneman. No doubt. Today, however... What I should have done... You should have worn I should have specifically asked about Ian Jabot. I should have specifically asked you about Ian I Instead, I went with the bullpen as a whole. I made a mistake. You want me to say I effed up? I effed up. That's what I did. Jim Calhoun. But I love the line about Gubner. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a big league line. Big league word, Gubner. Thank you. That is from. Name the musical. Come on now. No, I'm on you're, now. You're, you're uh -oh. swinging and missing with this I'm one. I'm on okay. now. There's I mean, got to be some culture in this room somewhere. Fiddler on the roof. No. No. Good, good guess. Is it my fair lady. My fair lady. My fair lady. Okay. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts from that conversation uh, with Marty? I thought he brought up a good point. He, you know, it feels like there's a, uh, I guess, stereotypes. The only word that comes to mind when I, when I, that's the, I guess I'll just lay it out there. I, I, I was surprised to hear Marty say he felt like they shouldn't have done anything at the deadline. And then he ended it with maybe the best point he made the entire time, which is this Reds team this year, although they didn't accomplish really anything in regards to a records book, you're not going to hang, hang a pennant. You're not going to like. Uh, do anything special for this specific club. There's never, there's never going to be any memorable, uh, memorable nights about the 2023 Reds team, but they definitely did allow the city to get back into the sense that they, that they have a baseball franchise that is relevant and whether or not they will ultimately become this young core of guys that end up taking them to the promised land or not. I don't know. Nobody knows that answer yet. But it was nice to hear Marty obviously acknowledge the fact that he felt like they did a lot for this city in, re in regards to, or not just the city, but that franchise specifically, in getting a lot of people back on the bandwagon, per se. I th I because think they were down in the dumps, there's, pretty there's low. There's no question. There's no question. I mean, they were down on ownership. Now, look, having said all those things, the Reds' attendance this year through the roof. Through the roof. They never saw this coming. They had the single biggest, I think, attendance yep, increase from right. any team in Major that's League Baseball. That's, that's right. They did. Or 40, somewhere in 46%. Okay. They did. I mean, huge, right? Um, the Bally's thing, we'll see where that's going. I don't know where that's going. And that is a huge factor in all of this because, as many of you know, Bally's has already cut ties with a couple of teams in baseball, the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Um they were taken to court 
by the Twins, the Guardians, and I'm drawing a blank on the third, doesn't matter. That is a huge source of revenue for the team. But the bottom line is they made a pile of money uh, in relation to what they thought they were going to make. So there will be pressure. Now that we've seen these young players, and there should be pressure, on this ownership group to go out and do whatever you have to do. And I'm not talking about up in your team payroll to $200 million. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there will be pressure and should be pressure to go out and make some moves. Okay, you didn't want to do it to trade deadline? That's fine. But you have to do what you have to do to get this team ready to legitimately contend. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon yet. I'm not because I haven't seen it from their starters. You can tell me about potential all you want. I haven't seen it. I've seen glimpses of it, but I'm talking about long haul, healthy and effective long haul. Not seen it out of Green, not seen it out of Lodolo, not seen it out of Ashcraft. I got to tell you, when I look at this Reds rotation right now, the one guy that maybe I have more trust in than any of them is Brandon Williamson. Miller of ball, Tom Brenneman. I got to tell you, the guy is savvy. He's got good stuff. He stays healthy. Um, again, I'm not saying he's the most talented of that group. But when I just look at you hand him the ball, he takes the ball, he competes, he hadn't been hurt. This is a guy to me that's a sleeper in this whole operation. And Abbott, we'll see. I'm a big we'll see guy on Abbott too. We'll see. But, but there is without question unbelievable potential from that group. But they do need some veteran presence in that rotation. They need to do something to the bullpen. And then what are they going to do with some players who will be in line to make a big jump in salary arbitration? Are they going to non-tender Fraley? Are they going to non-tender some other guys who are a big part of this team? I thought Fraley was as important a part of this team as anybody they had on the team. Um, so, you know, Stevenson, what are they going to do with him? Uh, there, there are a lot of big-time questions about this team. But for the first time in a long time, it certainly uh, has a feeling, and rightfully so, of optimism. I mean, 10,000-fold compared to uh, October, what are we, October the uh, 11th a year ago, right? 100% agree. Right before we get to locals at 11, Tom, uh, we'll do a chat poll question of the day. I want to hear your opinion on this and we can get all of our answers. If I told you you have three options in the offseason to, to get, and again, uh, who it would be, we don't know that answer yet. But if you were to spend a significant amount of money, whatever term you or whatever amount you want to use, it doesn't matter. But you would say that there are a reliable piece coming in, something to get really excited about. Would you pick a starter? I know your answer, but based off what you've said, but the three, the three would be, okay. would you take a starter? Yep. Would you take a power bat? Yep. Or would you take an elite reliever? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to go starter. What about you guys? I would get a power bat. Okay. I would get a power bat. Let's understand. Any of these three, you can make an argument. Cur right, right. I Well, I, the only one that I don't think that they should do is an elite reliever. I talked with Trace about this before. An elite reliever is going to cost you $30 million over two years, $15 million to get a, a true elite reliever. 
And I don't think the Reds should be spending $15 million on a relief pitcher. Okay, okay. Mine would be power bat as well. Okay. I, I think that was what we, we missed during the kind of losing skid of August, uh, late July, August. So that's, that's one part in the outfield I would, I would really like to see. It's, it's also about the power bat thing. It's that, that's, they play 81 games at Great American Ballpark. So you should you know, kind of tailor your, tailor your team to playing at your home field. And power yeah. is something that plays at Great American Ballpark. So that would be another reason to get a power bat. Trace, what was your answer? I, I tell you, I, this is a tough one because I do think a power bat is, is high on the list. I just, I, I keep thinking the same thing that you think, Tom. I really do. I, I'm not saying I'm not a believer in the Reds' uh, starting rotation in regards to what they have an opportunity to have, but it's not just health. It's also inconsistency from, from, from production as well. Now, if you want to argue that was because of health, maybe, maybe I'll buy that a little bit, but Hunter Green at times has, has gotten hit really, really hard. And he's looked unbelievable at times. Yep. I mean, against the Twins, he looked like a Cy Young no type guy. I mean, and, and, and I know that there was an argument whether they take him out or not take him out in that game. But in a in a what felt like a must-win game for the Reds, I'm going to give Hunter Green as much credit as you can possibly give. He went out there. He took the ball. He struck out a career high. And honestly, it looked like he could have gone the last two innings and probably maybe shut him out. But that's not what happened. But again, he's gotten hit. Lodolo has has not really been healthy either year yep. and then you have ashcraft who if you remember before it even got hurt there was a little small portion of this year where he was getting hit hard so i'm with you it'd be nice to have a steady arm that you can rely on and those obviously don't grow on trees i get but if you told me there was one thing this offseason that the reds got and i'm and i'm using the example of like a, a verlander now i know verlander's old but just someone like that right. where you're like this guy's gonna take yeah, the no ball. brain a no brain this guy takes the ball you know you're getting probably seven innings six six seven innings of of maybe one or two run baseball more times than not i would that would get me the most excited i guess is the way i would answer it casey Yep. The, the hitting will get people in the seats. And I think this team, you get a power bat, it just makes your strength even more of a strength. can elevate you to tops of the league, which is already at tops of the league. So then people are more concerned with just this, this red team has batters out of and, and, and I always ask the question, and it's been brought up in the chat. Now that we've learned a little bit more, as Harry Carey used to say to me all the time, he used to say to me, Tom, don't ever forget this. And I've never forgotten it because this is the truth. There are three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth. And, and what am I talking about here? Ask yourself the question. We heard one side for a long, long time. We've only recently heard the other side with some evidence to back it up. And I don't know who's telling the truth and I don't know what the truth is, but would you consider bringing back Trevor Bauer? I mean, I think you might want to wait on that one. We'll get back to late. <laughs> I, again, I'm not saying that he's right in any form or fashion. I don't know. All I know is, is I heard one side for a long, long time and we were unable to hear the other side. He's at least laid out some of the other side. Now, does that mean that everything he is saying is true or everything that the, the women are saying is true? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows except for those people directly involved. 
Will we ever know the truth? I'm just asking, what'd you think about it? Of course, um, one of the most important parts of life for many people, not necessarily for me, because I'm in a great mood like Reed, whether it's sunny, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, whether the wind is blowing 50 miles an hour, you can go fly a kite and have a great day when the wind's blowing. Yeah. I mean, you know, doesn't get any better than that. But to tell us, for those of you where it matters, Elliot, please take it away with our forecast. Well, hey, 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 everybody. Listen, it's time for the weather as everybody rushes to the door. Uh, so here's what's going to, here's, here's, here's what's happened this morning. I was, I was basically essentially, I mean, I mean, this weather broadcast, gone. I mean, that was the most disrespectful thing. Everybody just got up and left. Now it's just me I'm here. I'm here. It's, I'm thank, here. Ronald Reagan's here. After the cast is and, in here. And, well. and Quincy's over there. All right. Back to the weather, though. I was driving in this morning. There was a heavy condensation uh, on my windshield. It was because it was foggy out. There was a lot of fog. I guess what happens, and I guess, again, I'm a meteorologist. I should know the scientific uh, way to say this. But essentially what happened was it's really cold out, but at the same time it wants to be warm. That, and that means a cloud will come down from the sky, and then it will stay there. That's essentially what fog is. It wants to be warm, but it's cold. Cloud. Fog. So I was driving through that this morning, and I was a little late to work, partly because I hit a bird on the way in. A bird. A bird. A plane. I, I, I felt terrible. I felt terrible. I First was planning than the bird. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I I got out of wow. my car to make sure the bird was okay. Mm. The bird flew from the sky. Okay, hit my windshield, bounced off, bounced off like the hardest basketball bouncing off the off the best basketball court. Just boom, off the car. Now, the bird, if the bird was flying correctly, it was foggy out, which, uh, which enlivened some of the issue here. Yeah. If the yeah. birds can't see in the fog, right? So the bird yeah, was right? trying to get through the fog. Boom, hit my windshield, probably dead. I don't know. I didn't know if it lived or not, if I'm going to be honest with you. But here's the thing. It's sunny outside right now. The weather is great. Uh, Casey just handed me my phone. Anybody can do this. Anybody can go on your phone, check the weather, uh, because you don't have to actually watch weather forecast because all the information is there. People are going to say that's a tired bit. It's not. It's just, it's just the truth. So yeah, 12 to the next, actually for the next five days, just no rain, only sun, just cold, just going to be really cold out. So today, high of 63, low of 38. Bring your, bring your sweatshirts. I'm in a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Go outside. If your work doesn't allow sweatshirts and sweatpants, um, that's unfortunate. So I, I really have no options for you. I guess you would wear khaki pants or uh, in a nice collared shirt. I don't do that here. So that's all I got for you. But it's, put on today's some a great. Long johns. Today's a great. What's up? Let's put on some long johns. No, no long johns for me. And to be quite honest, I don't even know what long johns are. But uh, Ronald Reagan. Oh well, um, today I'm Ronald. <laughs> Why do you call me Ronald Reagan? I don't because I think, I'll take it back to me. I'll take it. I'll take it back. I'll I don't get this bit. I'll take it back. So I, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So no. So I call Reed Ronald Reagan. Everybody in this room has to have a nickname. Reed is Ronald Reagan. Casey is Quincy. Tom, I haven't found one for Tom yet. And Trace is Chip. The one thing you think of when you think of me, I mean, you think of Ronald Reagan, you think of politics and all this stuff. Yeah. When you think of people that align with those politics, you think me. You yeah. think me, right? Like, that's the first Not thing. Not really. I mean, Not I, my really politics align with Ronald yeah. Reagan I, all the way. If anybody got the nickname Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Me? You think I'm Ronald Reagan? It should be me. Oh, it's you. You're Ronald Reagan. I mean, I, it should be me, 
I no, mean, I listening think to you guys talk about the, what's going on in the world, there's no way in hell that reads Ronald Reagan. I think Reagan. you're more of a George Washington type. George, well, because I'm gray. No, not because you're gray, because you're a leader of men. And old. You lead the uh, men. You lead, you lead the yeah. men. Across the Potomac. Across the, I'm sh yeah, that's a word. And you lead them <laughs> right across that Potomac. And, you, and, the, and the Potomac has wheels, and you use those wheels and the horses. You know where the Potomac the, reminds me a little bit of? What? The Great Miami, right up the road here. That's right. Hamilton River. So, okay, that's it for the weather. Again, high 63, low of 38. Uh, Chip, back to you. Well, actually, now it's actually back to Casey. Whoops. Casey? Well, this is the part of the show where Elliot still doesn't remember when he does that bit that Casey has to adjust the camera, so you have to send it to the main desk. So Elliot forgot that. That's okay. We're, we're back. We're here. This is all about growth. It's it all about learning. You know, that's it is. where when you get a little older, you know, you, you're, you become more concerned about others' growth, not just your own growth, which you hope, you know, continues, but you, you're really concerned about others' growth. And I am very concerned about everybody's growth sitting in this room. So that's part of Elliot's growth. We've seen that uh, illustrate itself already on multiple occasions today alone. Yes, I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trace. All right. So the Encore report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and Productivity. Productivity. Great yeah. job, everyone. On key two. That's awesome. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water here. Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result? A healthy alkaline water. The best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And for me, it's the pH level. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's, it's a perfect eight. Yeah, perfect, perfect eight. What's perfect your favorite eight. thing about this well, water? Well, uh, uh, you guys know this. It's the natural limestone filtration. But if I, can, if, I, if I can be honest about something about Pawnee Water, I'm going to say that there is one con of it. There is one bad thing that Pawnee Water has. And it is when you take a drink – you have an involuntary reaction. I'm going to show you right now. Like this is this is not me doing a bit. This is like what happens when you take a drink of Pawnee. <sighs> See, mm. it happens every time. I mean, yep. you just take a little... <sighs> so if you don't want to do that, <sighs> then don't drink Pawnee. It's just that good, though, that you have to go, <sighs> it's that refreshing. It's just the best water in the world. Trace, what do you like about this water? Well, the fact that it uh, it just says water on the bottle. I don't know if many of you know this, but if you go and you if you go to a convenience store and you pick up other brands, maybe you're you're not familiar with the other brands because you only drink Pawnee. One would understand, but the other brands that exist inside the gas stations, if you pick them up and you look on the bottle, it actually says uh, it says other things outside of just water. Why? Because there's uh, there's additives. There's no additives inside of Pawnee water. So that's my, uh, that's my favorite thing. Cause when I drink water, I'd like to just drink water. That, yep. That's the goal of drinking water. One ingredient in the bottle and it's water. And it gets there through natural limestone filtration. The pH level is eight. Tom, take it away. Oh, well, oh wait, well, what about I, didn't, I didn't get to say what my favorite part about it was. For me, it's the smoothness. You know, when you go to you know, when you go to these other brands, <laughs> is that like your white claws? It's, it's a lot. Well, it's not like the white claw. It's better than the white claws. Okay. Uh, better for you, I think. 
What? Better, better for it? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. And my least, my actual least favorite part about it is when you drink it, there's less to be had later on. So it's, you just, you, you, you drink some. And then you have, now I don't, I can never get that back because I've already drank it. So Pawnee water, perhaps the greatest water known to man. Now Tom, take it away. Now take it away, Tom. What do you like about this water? <laughs> I, I said yesterday I like the people. I love the product, but I love the people. That's a good answer. I mean, I see these guys that own it in the parking lot virtually every day. Uh, and I just, I'm rooting for them. I said it yesterday. I hope that, that Kroger and UDF, I hope that uh, they can find a way to start putting Pawnee Water in their stores. Because, I, I look, the one thing about Cincinnati and Greater Cincinnati, Hamilton, wherever we are, Middletown, anything, is we love to support our own and get behind our own. And I think if you put a local made right across the street, right. local made product, greater Cincinnati product in the stores, I think people will flock to it and buy it. I think it'd be a good thing. It's a win-win. I always try to look at things as, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what's the upside, what's the downside, right? Uh, and sometimes you make good decisions in those situations. Sometimes you don't. Um, but th this is a win-win for everybody. Okay. Um, we were talking about today, Casey, refresh my memory, about where we were going about uh, next here. Are we going to buy or sell? Yeah, we got a buy or sell segment, Tom. Okay, buy or sell. It's all new to me, so I'm excited about it. All right. So, all right. Here, so what, explain what it is for those who are just now tuning in. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. Including I'm gonna, me. I'm going to propose a question. Okay. And it's going to be about the NFL. You know, we're about five weeks into the season. And then we go around the room and we, we give our take. You know, are you buying this or are you taking okay. it? Okay. Or selling cool, this? Cool, I love it. You're, all right, so let's, let's do So this. you're are like we, the Jim Cramer of the show. Maybe that's your new nickname. Jim Kramer. Jim yeah. Kramer. Yeah. Buy or I mean, sell. Need stock advice. I'm right here for you. Okay. Go ahead, Casey. Run yeah. that track. Let's, let's run it. Buy or sell. Wow. That's pretty sweet. It's time for Mad Money with Jim Kramer. Is that, is that, is that That's right. That's right. All right. That's right. All right. First buy or sell. Tom, we'll start with you. Oh. And then we'll go around the room. Is Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate. You think he's a serious candidate to win the most valuable player this year? Serious candidate for me right now. He gets the award hands down. So you're buying To that. me, I mean, I am buy, buy. Buy, 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 buy. Thank you very much. I buy, 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 buy. I'm buying Brock Purdy, man. Give me that dude. I want the guys that never lose. That's good. I mean, That's really, fair. you give me all the stats. What did Marty call him? Stat what? Geeks. Was that the word? Yeah. I think he used the word geeks. Multiple analytics. times. Geeks. Analytic geeks. Okay. Uh, look, all the analytics, and, and, and you were running through some, uh, so, some, I don't know if it's PFF or somewhere about PFF. what are the highest rated quarterback. You know what? Local the company. dudes who's 10-0, that's the guy I want. I take Brock Purdy. Yes, I buy. All right, who's next? Trace, you buying that Brock Purdy is a legitimate MVP candidate. 
Uh, yes, and actually, believe it or not, Tom might not believe this, but uh, the analytic folks actually uh, support the claim that Brock Purdy is the MVP this he season. He told me um, today that Pro Football Focus had him ranked like eighth. He's not in the top six. I don't know where he. Well, that's Pro Football the Focus. Six. There is a yeah. an efficiency stat uh, that I don't have right in front of me right this second, but it's the highest. But uh, it's the highest efficiency stat in the NFL, and in fact, that efficiency stat that has been used, whoever finished highest during the regular season as a quarterback has won the MVP every season uh, that they started keeping it. And right now, Brock Purdy is that guy who is the most efficient. And I actually think when you watch the games, I was, tell, I was talking about this yesterday on the uh, long way home from Chicago. Uh, Brock Purdy is a guy, based off of uh, what his background has been, is going to not get credit until he has to do the ultimate, until he does something so ridiculous that everyone has to believe it, right? It's, it's one of those things where if he was a top 10 pick, in the NFL, based off of the way he looks. If there was scouts that thought Brock Purdy looked amazing before the draft started. So Brock all of those Joe Burrow. Yeah, or anybody else for that matter. I wouldn't even say Herbert or anyone else. Yeah. And I get the reason why he wasn't a top 10 pick is because he doesn't have the measurables and all these things. But just from the standpoint of what his play has been, if he was one of those guys, not a single soul in the entire NFL community would say Brock Purdy isn't legit which is all basically an opinion of somebody else. It has nothing to do with the guy's play. It's just what other people believe that he was supposed to be before he came into the league. So I do think Brock Purdy is an MVP so far this season. And when you watch him play, he plays in the system that they've developed for him. You can't get mad at a guy because he doesn't throw the ball downfield and do back shoulder throws and all these things. Can he try to make those throws? Is he as good as maybe a Joe Burrow in that category? No, but he plays within the system that he that he's built. Or not he built. Shanahan has built. Um... And you know what? You got to give the guy as much credit as anyone else in the league because not only does he win games, but he's a part of the reason they win games, Tom. Yeah. So your word is buy, 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 buy. And Tom, you were the guy I'm, killing him last year. Kill him. Uh, well, you all killed. You all killed me. You all killed me because I was doubting him. I was doubting him, and then over time, I changed my mind. Now it seems like it's been flipped on me. It's like you guys are all doubting him. I'm all in on him. I think the dude hey, it is takes awesome. a strong man to admit when he might have been wrong. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I give Casey some credit and admit it every single time. I'll admit it. And listen, listen, Brock. I know, I know what people are thinking. He's throwing to wide open guys, but when it does come, when he has to make a throw, when he has to make a play, nut cutting time, nut cutting time, he's making those plays. He's. I, I don't care that he's got a top five receiving core. So does Joe Burrow. Right, it does. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're throwing for four touchdowns every game, three touchdowns every other game, like he's scoring thirty points every time he's played, the full game, except for like one time against Dallas last year, and then he just torched them last week. Yes, he did. He, he's he's unbelievable. For All me. right, Elliot, sell. Oh. Sell, 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 sell. So, oh my God! Here's the thing: I, the way I've always looked at the MVP award, the, the, the way I've always looked at the best the best player in the league. If you took away that player from their team, mm -hmm. how would that team do? Correct. If I took away Brock Purdy from the San Francisco 49ers and I put in quarterback X, they'd be just as good. Christian McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in 15 consecutive games. He gets 100 yards receiving, rushing every game, almost. They have, they have elite weapons. Reed said it yesterday. They have, a, they have an elite weapon at every single position. Every single position. If I put some bum quarterback 
maybe not Jake Browning, maybe a little bit better than him, but some some ex quarterback in that spot, they would still win games for the 49ers. That's how I've always done it. So that's if why I they traded away- Trey Lance. Huh? That's why they traded Trey Lance away. Any bum quarterback can play? I don't think so. Trey why Lance, would they trade Trey, Trey Lance, Lance a Trey top Lance, three pick Trey Lance, that they sacrificed their entire future Trey, for? Trey Lance got hurt, and then Brock Purdy came in and took his spot. That's a different. Why didn't they give it back to him? Yeah, he was healthy. This Brock Purdy already. All right, I think a better a, a better question would be yeah. based on what you just said. If that's true, then why could they literally not get a first down after Purdy got hurt in the playoffs last year against Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair question. I don't believe Christian McCaffrey was playing. I think he got hurt too. I I, I think he was the quarterback. At he one was point. the quarterback. That's right. Okay. Um, did he? But he got hurt in that game, right? Purdy. No, all the other quarterbacks got hurt. Is like, what you're Christian thinking. McCaffrey was literally their quarterback. Okay. So so and and yeah, that is somewhat true. Like I said, they can't be the worst quarterback in the league. So it can't be it can't be Jake Browning. It can't be Josh Johnson, who I think there it was. Go. Josh Johnson, you're right. Uh, it has to be a serviceable quarterback, but at the end of the day, I still think if, if they had Jimmy G, if they had Dak Prescott, if they had any of these names, uh, it, let's go down the line. If they had Daniel Jones, if they had guys that aren't great quarterbacks, I think the offense would still cook. I think Christian McCaffrey and the defense and, and, and the wide receivers and every other part of that team makes that team go. I think Purdy's great. There's, I'm not taking anything away from Brock Purdy. He's in a system that fits him well, and he's and he's doing his job to the okay. best of his ability. Okay. But Reed, is he an MVP? Are, are, do no. you answer this question too, Reed? I will answer this All question, right. and I'm I'm in the camp with Elliot here. I'm selling this. I don't think Brock Purdy is a legitimate MVP candidate, and I think it's for the points that Elliot brought up. I think it is because we look at this team. We look at this 49ers team, and we see that they are so stacked. They are so loaded. And listen, this is the guy. I'm the guy who talks about quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks are the main reason you have success in the NFL, more so than coaches, more so than the rest of the team. you got a good quarterback. You're going to win a lot of games. But if there's any team that can buck that thought in my mind, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is like 40-16 and as a starter for the San Francisco 49ers. And Jimmy G is is good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. It's it's well stated that he's a good quarterback, but we all know what's the first thing we say when we talk about Jimmy G. He's the dreaded game manager. Start plucking. Start plucking other teams' quarterbacks and put them in Brock Purdy's role. Does the 49ers change all that differently? You take out uh, Kirk Cousins, Vikings, good quarterback. You throw him in the 49ers. Are they better? Maybe. You take Dak Prescott from the Cowboys. You throw him over in the 49ers. Similar team. You can do that across the board. Practically every quarterback in the NFL, you pluck them off their team, you throw them over on the 49ers, they will be one of the best teams in the NFL. And that's why I don't think Brock Purdy is a legitimate quarterback or a legitimate MVP candidate because you can just plug and play with pretty much any quarter starting quarterback in the league. Okay. All right. What's next up? All right. Next up here, I was trying to think of the right way to word this. This is how I'm going to word this. Come week 13. Yeah. All four teams in the AFC North will be in the playoff hunt. So all four AFC North teams, Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, will be playoff contenders coming down the final stretch of the season. Which, by the way, off topic real quick, but on topic to some extent. Did you see where Vegas came out with the odds to win the AFC North again yesterday, starting now after five games? What was it? Bengals are dead last. Dead last. Bengals dead last. They had they had had Baltimore won. They were like plus one forty, I think, something like that, right? It seems likely they had uh, Cleveland two at like plus one eighty. Right. 
they had the Steelers at like plus 270. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bengals were like plus 350 plus, right? They were uh, last time I seen it. Uh, the Bengals uh, shout out Bedford Sportsbook. I think were like plus four twenty to win. Okay, four twenty. All right, something so, like and that. For, for what it's worth, I mean, we're talking three, four to one. It's not like if you look at. No, I know, but out of four teams or less, I'm just making right, a point. Yeah, I'm not get, get it. Right, right. It's, it's an even division. All right, let's go around to. the room. Uh, Elliot, you start this time. Buy or sell that that all four teams in the North will be in the playoff hunt week thirteen. He said. I'm going to sell it. Sell, sell, sell. I think the Steelers are bad, and I think the uh, Cleveland Browns are going to be bad as well. I don't think they're going to be bad in the terms of, oh, they're going to lose out, but I think they're going to have probably, by week 14, they'll have, what, five wins by then, maybe six. I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think those teams are going to be good enough to win. Okay. Kenny Pickett's not good, and I think Deshaun Watson's dealing with an injury. So. All right. Trace? I, I can't. I can't buy that. Um, sell, sell, I, sell. Yeah, I'm selling that largely because I'm just not sure that four teams in any division are going to be able to be hang around for the playoffs. It would re, it would require some like some carnage in the in the division itself, where you know perfectly every team kind of splits with everybody, and then on top of that, you go and you win outside of your division. And so far, the AFC North has not shown me anything to make to make me believe that they can win outside of their division. Uh, you look at a team like Pittsburgh, who finds a way to win these ugly games in division, and then they go and play anybody outside the division, they lose 30-6. to six. So uh, I, I'm i not suggesting for a second that I don't think there's some validity to the idea that the FC North has good teams, but I don't know if I'm buying the idea that all four are going to actually be a part of the playoff conversation. Casey? Um, I'm actually... I'm going to buy. buy. I'm going to buy this because, one, we've seen time and time again the Steelers... They always manage to get pretty close to a above 500 record or 500. So that's one team. I think the Browns are significantly better on defense. Despite Deshaun Watson, I think you can win a lot of football games with a solid pass rush, a solid defense. If everyone stays healthy, I, I like the Browns' chances. That They're probably my weakest team right now, but by week 13, they might not be out of it entirely at that point. The Ravens. They're the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, one of the highest-graded quarterbacks on PFF. He's mm -hmm. one of the most efficient quarterbacks currently. If his receivers can just catch a darn ball, yep. they beat Pittsburgh. Um, I, I, I think that they're in the mix, too. The biggest question for me is the Browns, and I think the Browns, you know, like I said, have a pretty decent roster. So okay, I'm going to buy. I'm by because buy, of everything buy. Trace just said. <clears throat> I don't think any of them win many games outside the division. I, I, I think they beat each other up. And I think there's a possibility, All four barring something happens with this Bengals offensive line that dramatically improves in the run game and pass protection. And, of course, all of this based on Burrow being healthy. But, you know, if all those things happen, the Bengals could go on a roll and blitz them all because I think on, t on paper they got the best team. But I haven't seen it yet. Let me, I don't care what happened last Sunday. So I buy, I say all four teams are in the hunt down to maybe week 14 or 15 because I think there's a chance the division winner could be 9-8. and eight. Just really quickly before we move on from this, the Browns, which everyone's saying they're going to be dead in the water, they still play the Cardinals, Broncos, Bears, Jets, Texans. Um, Colts right now are dealing with quarterback issues. And then they still play us at the end of the season. So – you're looking at a potential five, six wins just right there alone. Yeah, I, I, I'm going the inverse of what Tom just said. I, I am buying, but I'm going – I think that the worst team in this division is like eight and nine. Like I think yeah. – I, yeah. I think that the Ravens are – 
I think they're a shoe in to win double-digit games. I think the Ravens are going to win 11-something games. The, the Steelers always seem to, to go above 500. They've done it for 20-plus years now, or 16, however long Mike Tomlin's been there. And then I think that the Bengals are, are, are going to figure it out. So I think all these teams are going to be bunched up for the division, but I think they're all going to be wild-card contenders come the final stretch of the season. I think all these teams are very good. I think the worst roster in the division is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they've got the best defense probably. So I just, I just think all these teams are very good. I, I think they're going to start showing the hard-nosed football mm -hmm. of the AFC North when they start playing outside the division here coming soon. I, I'm buying this one. Bye, bye, bye. See, this is why at the end of the day, you can turn on the radio and listen to the other talk shows. There are a lot of good ones out there, a lot of talented people, a lot of smart sports talk. But you get some depth here with this show mm. on Off the Bench. You get depth, differences of opinion, right? Yeah. And we can hash it out. You get stupid questions occasionally. Occasionally he's being nice <laughs> It's kind of nice What's next? Uh, stupid question here um, We've got uh, Is the NFC better <laughs> The NFC is better than the AFC You're oh, buying or selling, go. Tom <laughs> The NFC is greater than the AFC They're better I'll start us off if, if, if you I'll want. say I'm buying Okay oh. I didn't think so when the be At the beginning of the year I'd have never thought I'd say it in a million years I think there are some teams that have really surprised us early on, and it is early, so maybe too early to even answer this with any conviction. But I think Seattle's got a good team. I think the 49ers have a good team. I think the Rams are okay. I don't think, you know, I, I'm not going to go through every team in, that, in, in, in the NFC. I think the worst teams in the NFC are worse than the worst teams in the AFC. But I look at some teams like Tampa Bay. I mean, is that going to last? I don't know. But they look pretty damn good. Sure. They really do. And, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the 49ers and the Eagles. Um, anyway, uh, so I say um, I say, I buy. Um, Casey? Oh, man. This one, I think, got a little tougher. Uh, I was on the bandwagon that AFC was better. I think the NFC has gotten a, a little bit better over uh, over the long haul, average-wise. Um because I'm with you. I think the Rams are pretty pretty decent. I think Packers, they're pretty decent on defense. Saints, pretty decent on defense. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy it this time. I, I just I know we've had the argument that the quarterbacks are what really matter, but I mean overall, if you're talking about the rosters, I think the NFC is starting to to win that battle. I've said for a while I think the NFC gets slept on, and of course it's always made fun of because you, you can point to the quarterbacks really quickly in the AFC and it makes you, it makes you look like your, your point's valid and correct. I guess it goes to the same point I've made about college football for the longest time is when you talk about conferences and you talk about things like what, 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 what's, what's important to you when it comes to what, or, um, how you're arguing whether a league is great or not great. Um, for me, it's what does it take to get to the Super Bowl? For my money, if you're a four or a five seed in the AFC versus the NFC, it's a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, in my opinion, as a four or five seed than it is as a four or five seed in the NFC. You got to go through the Eagles, and if you got to go through the Eagles and the 49ers, good luck to you. And you can also say, yes, the Cowboys are frauds, this, that, and the other. But again, that's a team that if they can find a way to where if Dak Prescott does play well, they're, I would argue, as again, people make fun of this. I would argue that if Dak Prescott plays well, and that's a big if at this point, I get it, but they're just as good as anybody else in the in the entire uh, in the entire league. So 
if you're only hanging your hat on one player to prop your bet up on in the AFC, which is a quarterback, then ultimately you're admitting that essentially the team itself isn't nearly as good as some of these NFC teams. So I'm going to buy that. I've been buying that, and I'm going to continue to buy it. I'm going to sell it. Sell, sell, sell. I think I do think that the the very top of the NFC right now is better than the top of the AFC. But I think the rest of the the rest of the conference is still better than the rest of the NFC. The rest of the AFC is still better than the rest of the NFC. Uh, I I know the the AFC South's having a down year, but even that even that division they're all competitive teams right now. I think. I, I mean, I'm trying to count on one hand the, the, the bad team in the AFC. It's the, what, the Patriots? Patriots Denver. Patriots Denver. And, and Denver. Denver. Patriots yep. and Denver. Raiders, uh, Jets. Uh, I don't think the Jets are that bad. And, again, that's where – I don't either. That's where, that's where we differentiate. Raiders just won on primetime. Yeah. Raiders just won on primetime. So, I, I think there's just one – a couple. there's really two bad teams, I'd say, in the AFC. There's a, probably about five bad teams in the NFC. Now, right now, through five weeks of the season, yeah, the NFC has been com- completely better, 100%. But down the stretch of the season, you have the Bills, you have the Dolphins, you have the Chiefs, you're going to have the Bengals, you have the Ravens. You're going to go down the line here. Uh, I didn't even mention the Chargers. So it's, it's, I think the AFC is significantly better. I think it's going to be harder to compete. It's harder to get in the playoffs for the AFC. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's actually a really good point. It is harder to get in the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, I'm selling this. I'm absolutely selling this. I'm not going to be a slave to the moment and watching the 49ers beat up on everybody and be a slave to the moment and how the Eagles looked last year, even though despite the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl to a hobbled quarterback. I think that the best team in the NFL right now, and I'm going to stand by this, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they got the best coach. I think they got the best quarterback. And I think those two things are vastly important in the NFL. And for the point that, that Trace made is everyone says that the AFC is better than the NFC because of the quarterbacks. Yes. Yes. There's a reason. Everyone knows that quarterback is, is So you main- say that, but then you turn around and you act like Brock Purdy doesn't matter. That's where you lose me. I, I, you can't say Brock Purdy's irrelevant and then turn around and act like quarterback's the all-be-all. Yeah, end all, end all what is it about the, that the 49ers offense that makes them so good then? That, that, what that's, is it? That's, if you listen to me, that's what I say is that when, when I watch the 49ers, they're the one team that can buck my opinion on that the quarterback is the most important position. The Eagles? The you don't think you could swap out guys on the quarterback for the Eagles? In I, one think, game? I think Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. I never said anything bad about the Eagles. I think, and that's, that's the point about the NFC. I think that the 49ers are, are very good. I think that they are stacked everywhere but the quarterback position. I think that the Eagles are, are, are a full roster. I, I do, and I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. But then you look at the AFC, and, and the list of quarterbacks is on and on and on and on. I mean, we're talking Herbert, Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, all these guys, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Tua, all these guys. That's why I think the AFC is better. And, and as Trace pushed back on me, as I've said, if there's one team that can that can really buck my opinion on that the quarterback is the end-all, be-all in the NFL, it is the San Francisco 49ers. But I'm not ready to leave that opinion yet. Really I'm not quick, ready to. It really still qu- is early. Correct. It's really quickly, one team we haven't even brought up yet. Tom obviously can do the buy or sell, but the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions are, 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 the are uh, two almost twice as much favored to win the Super Bowl than the, than the Ravens are. Yeah, I mean the, the Ravens. I mean we, we the, the Lions are the third best team in the the NFC. The Ravens are what the fifth best team in the AFC. So, yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. That checks out. Okay. Let's do the next one. Yeah. Um, the final buy or sell today is about our beloved Cincinnati fighting who days. The run defense is the Bengals' greatest weakness. Are you buying that, Tom? Buy. Buy, buy, buy! I mean, when teams have decided they're going to line it up and run at you, 
they have just abused this team. And, and I don't think that you – as good as the defense has been the last couple of years, and they've been good enough, in fact, and, and I'm the one who's made the argument on this show for the better part of a year now, that the defense the last two years was good enough to win the Super Bowl. It was the highly touted Ballyhooed offense that wasn't good enough to win the Super Bowl, and they proved it. They proved it in the championship game last year when they couldn't kick a field goal on their last five possessions. They proved it in the Super Bowl the year before when they couldn't kick a field goal on their last four or five possessions. The defense shut down the Rams. The defense shut down the Chiefs, comparatively speaking to other teams against the Chiefs. But even last year when the defense struggled, it was against teams that lined it up and want to smash you into the ground. And they caught a break last year against Baltimore with Jackson being hurt. Big time break. And Baltimore ran at will against this team this year. So, yes, I buy that. Casey? I, uh, before I said what I was going to say, I wanted to just double check to make sure that I wasn't um, saying anything incorrect here. This last game was the biggest uh, disappointment in terms of the run game. But let's remember, there was two very big, large runs, a 41-yard run and a 35-yard run. You take those away, the Cardinals, they had 70 yards on, on the ground, less than three yards a carry. I, I still think it's a big weakness, I don't think it's the biggest weakness because I think it can get fixed. There's a lot of just containment and just mental issues going on right now in terms of just what we've recently seen. I know in the past the the Browns just were chunking us, Ravens chunking us, but those are two really good run defense or run run teams. Titans also want to run the ball. They had a couple of big chunk plays, 29 and a 22-yard run. They still had over 100 yards on that day, but it was going to significantly change the the outcome of that game if you take those two plays away. I think that they can, over time, get this fixed. Yeah. So for me, it's not the biggest weakness as of this moment because I think I think it's oh, it is the biggest weakness as of right now. I don't think it will be going down the line. Okay, Trace. This is a tough one because I think the defense has been the reason why this Bengals team's had a lot of success. But to be fair. This year, at times, it certainly feels like the defense was the biggest uh, step back from the years before, right? The offense, uh, although has struggled this season, you can blame Joe Burrow's calf, which seems to be as what, which seems to be more than a valid reason as to why the offense has struggled at certain times this season. Uh, but, but I guess I would buy this because until until you're able to somewhat stop a team from running the football. More times than not, it's hard to have a good defense if you can't stop the run. It's as simple as that. Play action is going to eventually open up as soon as as soon as you allow these these big gainers. But at the same time, I'm with Casey in a little bit of a way. Uh, the offense as a whole and the, the the run is neck and neck. I don't know if either of them are really major or big issues though. That's the thing. And and if they both end up being big issues, you finish last in the AFC North. If neither end up being big issues, you can win the AFC North. That's kind of uh, you're you're on a very very fine tight line right now as a Bengal fan, and I don't know if the answer has been revealed quite yet on what the actual in, in the uh, the issue is. I'm gonna buy it. I think the Bengals have given up 770 yards of, of rushing offense through five weeks. 
it's pretty it's pretty pathetic. Yep. So it's it ranks it ranks second last right in front of the Broncos, who have given up by the way an astounding 938 yards this season. That's unbelievable. So, uh, but Bengals 770. Statistically, it is the greatest weakness, and I think it will continue to be that. The missed tackles, I know Casey made the point where if you take those runs away, I agree with the guys in the chat, you can't take them away. That's the thing. You, you can't take away certain plays. You can't do that. So if you look at it from a whole, they, they, they failed on, on Sunday against the Cardinals in terms of rushing defense. They failed every week except for really the Rams. I think it's I think it's largely and that's because the Rams didn't run the ball. Correct. That was their greatest strength coming into the game. Correct. All right. So it's it's I don't I, I again the Bengals offense I think they're going to be fine. I think everything's really going to be okay. It's just can we make tackles? Can Nick Scott make a tackle? I don't know if that'll be fixed. How about if Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt can shed a, a blocker? Yeah. Yeah, that would be great too. I mean, nobody, you know. All right, I'm not even going to start today. I read. <laughs> I love it, Tom. I get crazy, man, about this stuff. I mean, go ahead. I was going to let you. I was going to let no, you. Go, you flesh go, out a go, take. Go, go, Listen, I, I, people know my opinion on this. Go ahead. I think that the run defense is incredibly alarming. I saw someone put it in the chat earlier that the pass defense has been um, a bigger problem than run defense. That's that's silly talk. And they are the, the person who said that said it's because we miss uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. You are right in a little bit, but we've definitely missed them more in the run game than we have in the pass game. The the safeties, Dax Hill and Nick Scott have been okay in the pass game. They have not been very good in the run game. I still believe that the Bengals' biggest weakness is the fact that they can't score more points. And I think that is because of the offensive play call. Yep. I hate to be that that fan that I feel like this is such a, yep. a tired take. I feel like it's low-hanging fruit to look at a team's poor performance and go, where's the play call? Why aren't we more creative? Then you go watch the Dolphins. You go watch the Kansas City Chiefs. You go watch the 49ers. Like, this is fun. They, they play so well. But I'm just looking at this team, and they've got so much talent on the offensive side. Why can't we score more? Why can't we score more? And if the Bengals want to get where they want to be, and that is at the top of the mountaintop, if they want to get back in the AFC Championship game, if they want to get back in the Super Bowl, if they want to win a Super Bowl, it's got to have more production out of the offense. So that's why I'm selling this, and I think that the offensive play calling is the Bengals' greatest weakness. Okay. Is that our um, that's it. buy or sell? Buy or sell. I like that segment. That's fun. That's yeah. a keeper. It was, you got fired up there at the end, Tom. Well, I, I, I do because I, I just don't understand – why you go out and spend a king's ransom on linebackers? Now, if it's Luke Keekley, Roquan Smith, mm -hmm. I mean. Well, to be fair, they, they spent that same amount of money that Roquan got on two linebackers. I, 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 that I get. That I get. But the point is, is I still look at linebacker play and the way the game has evolved. Now, yeah. you, you know, I, some might be saying, Tom, you can't have it both ways by criticizing the run defense and then say that having good linebackers is not important because that is, it's contradictory. Right. Because good linebackers are going to help you stop the opposing team's run game. I'm just saying the two guys they're paying, they ain't stopping the run game. It's End of story. Fair. Now, again, it's early. I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat down Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because it's still early. And I really am a big fan of Anaruma. I think he can find a way because I think they have space eaters inside on defense that can take on multiple, multiple blockers. I think Hill, I think that, that Reader, I think these guys are capable of doing that. Um, so – 
we'll see where that all yeah. goes. Uh, I want to address one thing because we have so many uh, regular uh, viewers and people in the chat, and, and, and Randy Gillespie is one of them. So he had made the comment that he asked a question earlier when my dad is on and we never addressed it, talking about Andrew Abbott. And I know we're jumping all over the board here, but I, it's important for our regulars, I think, that I we think. acknowledge what's on their mind. Um, so he says, do, do we think that Andrew Abbott uh, just does not have a, a, a go-to-get-out go to pitch? Uh, was he worn down by fatigue? He was ahead in a lot of counts and gave up a hit after that. I think Andrew Abbott has a chance to be one of the best four or five starters in a rotation, a great rotation, a World Series winning rotation, in my opinion. Not a division champ, not a division round champ, an LCS World Series contending team. Abbott would be your fourth or fifth starter on that team. He's solid, he's tough, he cares, his stuff is good enough to win, he's not overpowering, he's got a great changeup, which I love pitchers that have a great changeup. He has a better secondary pitch right now than Green does. Green throws 8,000 miles an hour. It's a reason why I like Williamson. He really grew on me as the year went on. Fastball, good fastball, good breaking ball, decent working on changeup. Now you're talking about three pitches. So I think Abbott, I think he got worn down a little bit this year. And that's the danger of babying these guys into minor leagues. It comes back to bite teams every single year. And there's always an unexpected team in the hunt every single year. And they'll run into the same thing that the Reds ran into this year. Guy in your rotation, pitching great. And for a long time there, Abbott was the best starter they had in that rotation. Matter of fact, for the biggest chunk of time, he was the best starter they had in the rotation, right, over an extended period of time. When he was on that run when he first came up, 11 starts, whatever it was. But you're running into, well, he, he, he only threw 120 innings last year. So we don't want to extend him more than 160 this year, right? Well, he should have thrown 150 last year. But you were watching his pitch count. You were doing this. You were doing that, whatever it might be. Okay, so Randy, thank you. Hope we addressed your uh, question. I think he did wear down at the end of the year. Um, you, I, I have a question, if that's okay. Yes, please. You, you, Trace put the poll question in. It was, you know, would you go out and get a, a starting pitcher, a veteran arm? We have roughly about six to seven guys now are, who are fighting, and this is current. We have six to seven guys currently fighting for five spots of our starting rotation. Who are the guys that you think will be moved to the pen if they were to get a veteran starter. Who do you think is on the bottom of this? Because for me right now, it is probably Andrew Rabbit, and it's probably Brandon Williamson, one of the two, or, or would, would, be, would be shoved to the, uh, the bullpen. Maybe Connor Phillips as well. No. He's asking you, Tom. Look, I, you, you know, you, 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 you'd have Hunter Green, right? Yes. Okay, I'm not putting Lodolo in there. A lot of people have been saying Lodolo too. I, I'm not putting him in. I, I, no, I'm saying I'm not putting him anywhere. Oh, I see. Right now. I can't count on him. And, and I'm not beating the kid down. I mean, that's a freak injury with his leg. And I mean, you know, they, they thought it was one thing, turns out to be another. I feel terrible for the kid. 
Because as far as just pure stuff of that entire group, I think Lodolo has the highest ceiling of any of them. Higher than Hunter Green, in my opinion. But you got to get on the mound. So, you know, Lodolo's going to go out there and compete for a starting spot. Good Lord willing, he's healthy. So, you know, if you want to say that's two, fine. I'd say it's two. I'm not saying he's two, but that's fine. Then you have, you have Williamson, right? You have Abbott. There's four. Who else are you talking about here? So you have you have Graham. If you Ashcraft. have Green oh, and Ashcraft, five. Ashcraft. Yeah, yeah. And then I, you have Connor Phillips uh, in in the wings. No, Connor Phillips not ready. You can't. Yeah, you can't. This is where Reds fandom sometimes I think loses sight of the big picture. Just because they overachieved last year, and let me be, let me say something else that's sh- kind of shocking that I just thought of a, a second ago. Every time you bring up one of the the young Reds players the ones that maybe you didn't know about before the season started or you weren't relying on, every single one of them at some point in this season was a big reason, not just a small reason, but a big reason as to why the Reds played meaningful baseball until the last week. Every one of them. You can go through the entire list and say, well, Will Benson came up for a month and was red hot and gave this team something they desperately needed. Andrew Abbott came up and for a month and a half when there was nobody there was literally the only pitcher in the rotation you thought you had a chance when he, was, when he was taking the ball that night. The only guys on this team, might I remind everybody, that you genuinely could say you were disappointed in or were a huge disappointment uh, when the season was over was every single one of the guys that we all touted before the season started right. as one of their better players and or someone that we could rely on. It was Hunter Green. It was Nick Lodolo. It was Graham Ashcraft. It was Jonathan India. It was Tyler Stevenson. Those five guys in and of themselves were all, I'm not saying they were terrible, but they were unreliable. However you want to deem it, whether it was their play that was unreliable or it was, it was the fact that they couldn't stay on the field, it was unreliable. You're not going to go out and make headway moves on sending a guy like Connor Phillips to the bullpen, who for all intents and purposes on a good franchise or a team that actually had you know, a good farm system would have never seen the big leagues this year because he's not ready. They threw him in there because no one could stay healthy, and it was literally the only option they had left, and they were still in what we would call playoff contention baseball. Then you add in the fact of Andrew Abbott, who's been a starter at Virginia, and he's thrown 150-plus innings. He's been reliable. The problem is, to your point, Tom, he's only been in the minor leagues for two years. Like He's not even a guy that you should be relying on right now to throw 200-plus innings. The issue that the Reds have right now is something that was years ago an issue. This is not a this-year issue. It was something two years ago you should be complaining about because they didn't have anybody that was worth a damn that, was, that should be ready to come up and actually contribute. So the guys they have now, hopefully, if we can all say a little collective prayer, can continue to develop and get better. But I'm not going to give up, I guess, and I'm not saying suggesting that you're no, saying I, this or anyone else, but as a fan base, I would hope we're not going to give up on guys that have only had a year or two of service time. You're like right. Andrew Abbott, for, all, for, for the question that Randy asked, does he have an out pitch? He, yeah, he had a lot of out pitches for two months. I mean, just because a guy doesn't strike a ton of guys out doesn't mean he's, he doesn't, he's not effective. And I get what Randy was saying. Later in the year, he was having problems putting guys away. But that, that's a double-edged sword, Tom. There's a reason that some guys can only go five innings and they got 110 pitches because they either strike the guy out or they walk him. That's right. And they can't get guys out in the first right. two pitches of an at-bat. There's, there's some effectiveness there that Andrew Habit has that I would like to see play out before we shove him in the bullpen. I would, and I don't see your opinions, I would buy into the idea, like you said the other day, 
If Nick Lodolo has proven that he can't throw an extended period of time without getting hurt, then he's a guy that I wouldn't mind maybe trying to put in the bullpen. And you have your elite level left-handed reliever now that you don't have anywhere on the books right now. So those are just a couple thoughts that I have. But I, they, I, 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 I caution all of us to say any of these young guys we need to do something with because they haven't proved their well, worth yet. Well, no, I, I'm not saying they should be moved to the bullpen. I'm saying if you go out and get a veteran, they have to be moved to the bullpen. One of them has to go. You can't have a seven-man rotation. So, and, and my, my option is uh, Abbott or Williamson because we're not going to have three lefty starters out there. I have a hard time believing that. So, if one of them were to move, I, I would pick the guy who has struggled with fatigue down the line. Abbott was going three, four innings the last several starts of the year. He was struggling with fatigue. Now, I would argue Lodolo could also go in there. It would be – Lodolo has been dealing with the injury thing, and I think keeping him to one inning every couple days, probably the better way to go. But I don't know. But my point is – one of them has to go. I doubt you're going to send these guys down to AAA. So that means you're keeping them up here. Like Trey said, you're going to believe in these guys, but you give them reps in the bullpen. I don't think that's, I don't think that's bad. It just has to happen if you're going to go out and get a veteran starter. And, and, and look, the Reds, the Reds, if you look at their, their best two closers over the last 10, 12 years, their best two closers wanted to be and came up originally as starting pitchers. And for one reason or another, they were moved to the bullpen. Chapman was brought up as a reliever because the Reds needed him down the stretch there in 2010 to get to the playoffs. They needed that hammer in the bullpen, so they brought him up. But remember, they went to two more spring trainings with Chapman starting the season in spring training as a starting pitcher. That's what Chapman wanted to do. But because of need, they moved him to the bullpen. The rest is history. He might be a Hall of Famer. Maybe. Maybe. You know, Casey just asked a and question. And Rysel Iglesias. People forget. Iglesias looked like as good a candidate to be a great red starting pitcher as anybody they've run out there from their own system in a long, long time. I mean, his first couple of starts, man, he was lights out. But to Elliot's point... He could not handle his arm. The workload as a starter was better suited to the bullpen, even though he wanted to be a starter, and he's gone on to have a hell of a career. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Trace. No, I was going to say, Casey sometimes brings uh, perspective to things on accident, and he, he uh, leaned over and was just like, is it against the rules to have seven starters? And the reason that the answer to that would be they don't use seven starters is because they want guys to kind of stay in rhythm and, you know, usually a four days rest you pitch on the fifth day is what, you know, these guys have come accustomed to. But there is something to be said about the idea that it's okay to have seven starters going into the year and having some guys go down and, and actually do. I know, again, to your point, Tom, you don't love this, but if they're on pitch counts at AAA with the idea of knowing that you're going to maybe need Andrew Abbott or Williamson at some point during the season, because inevitably, as we found out this year, all five starters pitching 200-plus innings and not needing anybody to fill in holes at certain points is probably uh, you have a better chance of going down here to the UDF and buying a lottery ticket and winning more than, you know, call it $1,000 on the scratch-off than you would five starters pitching all year long for yep. the Reds. So I, I actually, to, to remind everyone, this isn't a situation of how are we going to get all these guys reps. It is a good point, though. I don't want to mess with any of these young guys and put them in the pen too early because, to your point, yes, it might think you might think to yourself, 
it's great that Iglesias and or Chapman went to the bullpen and they were closers for the Reds, but you don't know what you had on the other side either. And the Reds have not had a frontline dominant ace in what I would say a relatively long time. They've had some good ones, yes. Castillo, you could argue, was Cueto that guy. Cueto was an ace. And, and Cueto, maybe you could say that he was an ace at, at his time. But again, they've, uh, and, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take that point back a little bit based off those two names. But point no, is. No, but I know what you're yeah, saying. I just don't want to give up on Andrew. Guy, yeah, I don't right, want to give up right. on Andrew Abbott. And I'm not saying you did either. But as a reminder, like it's just in general terms, I would rather just have him go to AAA and say, listen. But let me ask you, let me yes. ask you this. Do you think that the majority of the fan base would agree with that? Do you That's where I just don't and again, give a, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you have to be a part of the majority of the fan base. Yeah. I'm just saying if you if, if we come out at the beginning of the year and we say Nick Lodolo, Brandon Williamson, or Nick Lodolo, Nick Lodolo, Brandon Williamson, or Andrew Abbott, if one of those three are starting the year in AAA because we don't have room or whatever you want to say, uh, opposed to them just being on the bullpen, I think a lot of people are going to be upset about that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen. So if, if I have to move some guys to the bullpen, and I know I can trust Andrew Abbott, I know I can trust Brandon Williamson, I know I can trust Nick Lodolo when he's healthy, I wouldn't hate seeing them in the bullpen opposed to a guy like Daniel Duarte or X or bullpen X. You know what I'm saying? An Alex Young-type guy who was okay at, at times during the season. I but think the, you're right. And the Reds, and, and that's the beautiful thing about what you can get excited about this franchise about right now is that you can make the argument that there's other guys we don't know about that might Correct. be the starters right. down the line too. Rhett Lauder's a guy they took first overall, seventh overall pick and right. was, is, was, was the closest to big league ready of any of the guys that got drafted at the top of the draft is what many would say. And I know that Skeens is obviously going to be a part of that conversation as well. But you just don't know what you have until you get there. That's why they have spring training. I'm just not to the point yet where if you don't make the rotation out of spring training that you have to go to the bullpen just because there's a need there. I'd rather wait a little bit of time to see what you have. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer here. I mean, there really isn't. Uh, and, and the bottom line, is, the bottom line clearly is guys have to be healthy. Then, you, you, then you're able to look at the entire landscape What's the makeup of your roster if you bring in the veteran starter or of your pitching staff specifically? Okay, what does that now look like as Elliot brought up originally? Somebody's got to be somewhere or somewhere else. Okay, well, who are your candidates now in spring training for those spots? Who's healthy enough to compete for those spots? Who's a dark horse? And that's why I hate making judgments during spring training. Spring training baseball is the biggest waste of time known to man. Uh, I understand why they do it. I understand why they have to do it to get ready for a season. I mean in terms of evaluation. That's what I'm talking about. It's a total waste of time. Uh, you're playing in an environment where the altitude is higher. You're at 1,200 feet there in Phoenix. Florida, not as much, clearly. Uh, you know, you're dealing with weather situations, especially in Florida. Uh, you guys are given one inning, two innings, three innings, four and five, maybe their last two starts at the end. How much evaluation are you able to really, truly make out of something like that? It's just like September. I, I, I never buy into the guy who hits 350 in September. Good for him. But I'm not I'm, – I, I, when he's facing minor league pitchers from half the other teams, if the rosters have expanded, that are coming up and pitching um, – Hard to pick a lot of stock. All right, do we have a um, cherry on top? We well, here's what we'll do for cherry on top because we have we had one more segment to get through. We'll make it quick. So our cherry on top today, 
will be my top five. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Tonight. Oh, I love it. Okay, then yeah. let's roll the, roll the, roll the intro. Here yep. we go. I, I said I was going to get this last night. I talked myself out of it because I put on a couple of pounds here lately. But I'm going tonight. Wait, be damned. You don't look like it, Tom. Tom, know, you don't look I like you put on I look like a scrawny wimp. I understand. No, that's not, that's not what we're saying. It's all great, about Tom. how you feel. You know, people can look at you and say, man, you look good. You know, But it's how you feel. You know, you can get heavier but feel better sometimes, right? Yeah. Is that right? the same and, big and, bone and theory? If you're only a few pounds off, you know, but you, you feel it. Uh, been drinking a lot of beer. Stuff goes south. White cloths too, huh? Need to get you some Pawnee water, Tom. All right, let's do this. No, I need more beer. Yeah, baby. I'm doubling up. All right, let's High do life. Let's Starting do this. tomorrow night. All right, guys. So it is fall. It's, it's, it's the best time of the year in terms of weather. And for a lot of local areas, it's homecoming season. So today's top five, we do this every Wednesday, Reed's top five. Today's top five are the top five homecomings. So this is, you know, people coming back together, people coming, whatever. Top five homecomings. We'll start it off with one of the most obvious one, and that's Michael Jordan returning to the Bulls. Listen, he retired. He came back. He won three championships. Had to put it on the list. It's not that exciting, but it did happen. That's coming in at number five. Number four on this top five list of homecomings is it's – listen, I'm going to put on my Nostradamus hat for a second, and I'm going to predict something. It's Joey Votto returning for a $20 million option next year. He's going to win <laughs> – MVP. Oh my God! The Reds <laughs> are gonna win the World Series, and it's gonna be the greatest year that you guys have ever had right. in Reds fandom. Twenty. I hope you're right. That's number four. That's 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 not something that has happened. That's something that will happen. Okay. Go ahead and book it. Now, number three. Listen, we don't like to get political on this show. We don't like to. Get well, political. it all depends on who you're talking about. Go ahead. Correct. Um, the third best homecoming. Is uh, Hillary Clinton returning to Bill after yeah. the Monica Lewinsky scandal? <laughs> oh my this isn't God. a political. You have this, got that's, that's, to be Tom, kidding Tom, me. Tom, You've got to be kidding Tom, me. Tom, Tom, this isn't Trace, about are you politics. Kidding? This isn't about politics. This is about love, Tom. This true is about love. True, true love. love. And there's nothing greater in this world than when two people love each other. I agree. Like Bill and Hillary do. And Hillary came back to her man. Oh. She stood by her man. Stand by, by your, your man. man. Yes. And that's, that's why it's number three. Number two. I can't believe that made this list. Go ahead. That's number three. The number two greatest homecoming in the history of mankind is Jesus returning from the dead. That's number two? Number two. <laughs> I mean, my two-time. You have got to be kidding me. Number this two. segment is dead after today. Go ahead. What's oh. number one? What's ahead? Anything ahead of this is, is, is just it's Correct. religious. The segment right, was Elliot? dead, but just <laughs> like right. Jesus, just like Jesus, it will rise because off the bench had a return of Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. Let's say, Tom, everyone, round of applause for Tom. I don't want that. I don't want that award. Yes. No. no Better no, than Jesus. No. Better than Jesus. No. This is. Uh, this. This is. Wow. We'll print out the T-shirts. Tom, better than Jesus. <laughs> I did. That's why you. That's why you watch off the bench. My career. That 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 top five list right there is why you watch off the bench. I mean, that's what you do. 
Where, where else are you going to get this type of content? We just got serious for a minute. We were talking Reds baseball. We got serious about the NFL. <laughs> Marty comes on, Reed trolls Marty, which is, just, a, which is just an absurd thing to happen. And then that. on top of that, you get to a top five list in the show. You think that at the very beginning, of course, it always starts off real nice, Tom. It starts off with a real serious one. Top five, Michael Jordan, come back to the Bulls. And then it gets a little more quirky as we get to number one. And that's why I love that number, top five list. Because <laughs> you got to get it to get it. Read well done. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I'm absolutely. happy you're back. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry for those in this room. Okay. I needed all the help I could get yesterday. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, oh, God. Some of you in the chat. Oh, good yeah, baby. Lord. Oh, my gosh. Mouse Cop wants to burn me at the stake, and maybe I should. There's no, I'm, I'm no sure doubt. I'll burn someday. No, burn no someday. doubt. So, uh, tomorrow... Um, obviously, we got some baseball playoffs to talk about. We're getting closer to the Bengals game. We have a Thursday night game. What is a Thursday night game this week? It is the Chiefs Broncos. and Broncos. Oh, boy. AFC yeah, West. Real doozy. Oh. The Broncos ruin every primetime game there is known to make. They don't like stop giving it to them. Sean get- Payton's a fraud. It's crazy how they keep getting these primetime games. Oh, my God. Although they've played the Chiefs kind of close last couple times. That's all that really matters. That's what I love about you, Casey. You never know. You never know. know. Last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs was in 2015. So you kind of do know. (laughs) Fun fact. Well, the good news, we have to do Draft or Die tomorrow, Tom. That's a new segment. I don't even know if you know about that. Draft or Die? Yeah. Draft or Die, Tom. Got to do it tomorrow. Which you don't draft, you die. We have to to do that segment tomorrow, (laughs) but considering that one of them is... uh, One of them is one that many people are going to pick, considering the the Broncos are playing the uh, Chiefs. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks to everybody. Casey, Trace, good to have you back. Glad you're safe and sound. Uh, we've, Reed, got a, we've got a treat for our, for our viewers, Tom. What's that? We're doing box lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Elliot, thank you, by the way. So box lunch is coming up right now. FOC, as they like to say, right? Free of charge. Correct. Yep, that's that. right. Okay. Love that. All right. And, and all four of you are partaking in this today? Sounds like it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. We had a full, we back, had a full pre-show meeting. We had a full meeting about it. <laughs> full pre-show meeting. Okay. All right. Well, they're going to cover many, many topics. Many. And as I leave, you know, my guy, Trace, we didn't get to this topic today, but I wanted to get into it. We'll get into it maybe tomorrow once it's handed down. Is today Armageddon for Kansas basketball? Mm. Five mm. level one sanctions against Bill Self. And the program, NCAA allegedly handing down a verdict today. I hope they don't get anything. <laughs> All right, I know you do. All right, to everybody here uh, at Off the Bench, thank you so much for joining us. We're back tomorrow, good Lord willing, at 10. And it is time now. We still got the big league intro to this? Well, let me, let me just start this off by saying that I'm going to try just something kind of new. Just so then we know in the future how this works. Here we go. I'm going to end. I'm going in this stream. It's going to redirect you to the next stream. Okay. okay? All right. All right. We'll see All if right. it works. Right. We'll see if it works. So yes. it's going to fade to black and then it's going to send you to the next stream. Okay. So here we go. Time for box lunch. Here we go. Let's go.
I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the worst microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. Then I came to realize anymore. these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a some fidget of the best gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC, and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. Mm, can I be heard yet? Yeah. No, we're back. Hey, hey, welcome to Box Lunch. Casey, run that track. There was no track. There will be a track in this in this show, but there was no track at the beginning. It's great to be back. I, w I haven't hosted in quite some time. I've never hosted Box Lunch, I believe. I, I, I've been trying to think of a time where I hosted Box Lunch. I don't think I did. I hosted off the bench several times. So if you guys don't like me, this is going to be an unfortunate show for you. Um, Reed and I, Reed and I and Casey, we were thinking yesterday, you know what, should we, should we give the people what they want? And what they want is box lunch. Now, again, what's going to happen here eventually is, and it's going to either be next week or the week after next week, we're going to be doing box lunch, but eventually it's going to be for members only. So if you aren't a member yet, you just join the membership, right? And you get to watch another hour of us, an hour or more, and there'll be other dumb things we do that you'll be able to see, but that's how you do it. But for right now, everybody's here. It's free, free of charge. I'm back in the host chair. I'm not going to go around the room and ask everybody how they're doing yet, yeah. but, but doing okay. <laughs> I will ask specifically Trace. Trace had a great day yesterday. It was, oh. it was a lot of fun for him. Trace, what was your favorite part of yesterday? Uh, getting home. Getting home. getting home was my favorite that? part. Yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough one. That was a tough one. I, it was. It was tougher than Z Brazilianaires. I'm fairly confident in saying that. Well, um, I think today you have to be a subscriber to watch. So it still is kind of. It still is kind of our precious, unique folks that love us, and we do love all of you back. Uh, maybe we'll slowly get into that once we realize we think we're doing an elite enough show. We'll slowly start making the tiers, and if we ever get to where we made it at this company, we'll make it to where you can only watch a show under the Fire Read membership platform. That would be fun. That would be fun. Reed, when you look at the Fire Read membership, and it's yes. up right now, if you yep. guys would like to Fire Read, please do mm -hmm. so. It's $499 per yep. month. Um, when you look at that and all your life has become, you're a 27-year-old man. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a nice man. You're a man of honor. You're a man yeah, of that's faith. What say, that's what people say. You're a man of love. Um, when you look at that, that your entire legacy is wrapped up in that $499 per month, which, again, you can do now. You can Fire Read today. Uh, if you look at that, all your life culminating to that, yeah, that's a good point because they say you can't put a dollar sign on certain things. Life, love, yeah. liberty, all these things. Sure. It's nice to know that I'm worth $499 a month. That's that's my worth. That's, yeah. that's, that is what I'm worth is that if you pay $499 to 
the the membership fee. Oh, I God. lose my, my job. It's <laughs> not great. Yeah. $500. Lose my job. That's great. And, and I want to emphasize the rules of this too. So basically, again, for, so it does fire read in a sense, but the, the official rules of that, if you were to buy it, at any point, and this is what I think makes it kind of the best, the best one, at any point, during any, any day during any month, you can call us. You, we'll, we'll give you our phone number. I'll give you my phone number. If you do this package, you call me, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying three minutes before the show. You call me and you say, I want Reed gone. Reed then has to walk up. Well, well let's, let's do it. I mean, we'll, we'll do a little scrimmage live. Like, yeah. Like, like, bring the camera over to me. So I'm sitting here. I'm going. And Reed, Reed, just woke, Reed woke up this morning. He right. was ready to come to work. He was, he was rejuvenated. Right. He had ready his morning roll. coffee. Ready to roll. Drinking. He, drinking he took his UDF morning coffee. poo. He took his morning poo, mm. and he was ready to go. Mm, and he comes it. in, and let's say Randy did it, or let's say Mark Fetters. Mark Fetters will probably have to be Mark Fetters. Uh, so Mark Fetters calls me up, and he's like, you know what? I want Reed gone today. So, yeah. so I'll take it. Reed, sorry, you just got the call. Mark just kicked you off the show today. Right, yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm just going, you know, the reds, reds stink. They're smelly. They're nauseating, yada, yada, doing my things, doing yeah. my troll bits. Don't mean it, but doing. then someone just goes, Reed, you're fired. I just go. <laughs> <laughs> Harrow asked if this is the place where we're going to talk UC. I don't know. The UC guy's hosting the show, so maybe UC football. Um, UC football's in trouble. He's also a nut cutter, just saying. Who's a nut cutter? Harrow. Harrow? Shout out Harrow. Uh, UC football is in trouble. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I don't love what's happening with Louisville right now. It's kind of an insult to me as a, as a Satterfield guy myself. The program that he had to be uh, removed from forcefully by the fans is now 5-0 and and looks potentially at one, as one of the biggest underdogs for the college football playoff this year. We'll see if Herb Street lets him in. But back to the show. Reed brought this up yesterday. So, yeah, we, we, were, we were pledging out, I mean, before the show started today, we, we had a full plan. We told Trace about it. We are like, yep. hey, Trace, what do you want to yep. be on the show? So we, we, we put a full show plan in. So Trace, said, he was well aware that we were doing Box Lunch today. He was well aware of all the things that we were doing today. That's what I love about this show is we yeah. plan everything, everything perfectly. To a T. But I asked this question, and I think it's a fair question. Jamar Chase set the franchise record. Um, on Sunday for receptions in a game. He said he was going to break every single Bengals record. And to, so far through a few years in his career, he's, he's lived up to that testament. So I asked the question, how many players in the NFL could you call up an opposing team's GM and go, listen, I'll give you Jamar Chase for this? How many players would they say no to? Like if we call up the Kansas City Chiefs, and go, hey, I want Patrick Mahomes. We'll give you Jamar Chase straight up. They're saying no, right? Yeah. That's one of the players. How many other players would they say no straight up? Elliot, who do you think? I'm going around the league position-wise. Quarterbacks, I, you're not going to get probably – the top 10 quarterbacks are out of question, I, I would say. I would agree. I, I think the line for quarterbacks, because that's obviously the number one thing. People aren't going to yeah. get rid of their franchise quarterback. I think the line is like Dak Prescott. Anybody worse than Dak Prescott, I think that teams would, would still go after Jamar Chase. Anybody better, Dak Prescott, or better, people are saying no. So I think the Dak Prescott line similar to the Mendoza line. That's fair. Receiver-wise, Reed said it. Justin Jefferson's the only receiver that is in, is in a position to be better, in my opinion, at this moment than Jamar Chase. Devontae Adams, sure, he's had a better career. You, would, you, would you want Devontae Adams over him this year? Maybe. Tyree I wouldn't. Kill? Uh, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's another one. There's a couple of them. But the age factor, right? But that's that. That's what I was getting to. Is these guys aren't going to be there for a long time. If you have the ability to trade for Jamar Chase, you have the gumption. You you want to sign him for a long period of time. And I think with how young he is, I think anybody in in the league would want him. The only there's a couple defensive guys yeah. that probably wouldn't warrant it. Um, 
But other TJ, than that, I TJ, think TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, the Bosa brothers, the Bosas, yeah, I, n- Crosby, no, maybe, maybe Max Crosby, maybe. There's no cornerback, there's no safety, there's no kicker, punter, anybody on special teams. So I think there's roughly, I bet you have six, maybe position players that you wouldn't take Jamar Chase for straight up in a, in a trade. Yeah, so uh, not not like including quarterback, people. not including quarterbacks. Right, it's like twenty people. Yeah, they would say no. So that I thought that was just interesting um, topic. Just be like, what players would say no? Like, how high does Jamar Chase rank in the league? He's he's the best player on the Bengals. He's better than Joe. I mean, he's not as important as Joe Burrow, but he's better than Joe Burrow at yeah. his position. So yeah. And it's speaking it. of Jamar Chase, Sir Boy just broke it in the chat. This is a Sir Bomb, I believe. Uh, uh, Sir Bombs were really before my time. I haven't really experienced the full effect of the Sir Bomb. Uh, but he just dropped one here. Jamar Chase, AFC Player of the Week. That's my guy. He was Some always open, and he was always open. Some say that was because of us. We started talking about him on the show, and he gets AFC Player of the Week. I mean, yeah, that's, what pre, that's what pre-show plannings are about. That's right. You know what you're doing. You know, you know exactly what the topics are going to be at the yeah. exact right time. Right. Yeah, so and, and kudos, well, kudos to us. And kudos actually, real quick, actually, here. Trace, why don't you tell us about topic number two? Uh, topic number two is uh, Western <laughs> and Southern open and things that don't matter, which, uh, you know, you, that's why you come to the show is for – Topics like that uh, because you can't read them and they're so small that you can't even see them. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if it matters or not. I'll be honest. I I do want to go eventually to that Western and Southern Open this year. I thought might be the year that I do it because I was like, you know what? I better force myself to go over there. Yeah. Now that I know I got a new lease on life, thirty years. I think they just signed a deal. With oh yeah. It. It's probably going to be twenty nine years until it's I think fun. about going again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I think that's why it's really important, honestly, is that they they were they were debating on whether they were gonna leave Cincinnati and then they were so amazed at what Cincinnati was had to offer that they were like, thirty years, here you go, boom, lifetime. I contract. think they just went on the beast, Casey. The beast? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I think they I think they, they strolled over to PK to not PK anymore, but they, I think they went over to King's Island, that billionaire went over there to King's Island yeah. and was like, Let me see what this is about. Got on the <laughs> got on the beast and he was like Took a night ride. Son of a gun, sign the deal. Thirty <laughs> years, I want to come back. The, yeah. Prove me wrong. The question I asked is what means more in this city? FC Cincinnati? Or the Western and Southern Open. Ooh. If, so so in, just to change the words of that, if they removed FC Cincinnati or if they removed the tournament, the Western and Southern Open, if they removed both things or if they removed one of them, what would you care more about? Mine would always be the Western Southern Open. I, I grew up playing tennis. I played in high school. I'm not going to give myself any accolades that the city didn't give me, which was all city. Um, I, I was an all city tennis player in, in the great city of Cincinnati. I played for Elder High School, the greatest high school in the city. I was very good. I, I again, I don't mean to. I don't mean to brag about it. It's just the city gave me the award. I have to say it. It's it's kind of like if you're a if you're a police officer, you have to say you're a police officer. If I'm an all city tennis player, I have to mention it. I have to. It's part of the deal. Um, but I grew up with it. Me and my dad. Me and my dad uh, went to it every single year. We missed it this year because I was. Uh, I don't know why I didn't go. It was weather. Uh, we were going to go a Monday night, but it was raining all night and it got moved. Um, but we go every single year. I was a ball kid there. So when you're a ball kid, you work literally 12-hour days for free. It's a volunteer basis. But the, the cool thing about it is you're literally right next to these professional athletes. Is this a long-winded say of, of, of you saying you're biased? What do you mean? I'm not, I'm not biased. I'm not biased. I'm unbiased. I'm not, I'm not biased. But if I were biased, I'd say I worked for the tournament and I worked for all these professional athletes, which was a cool experience, which was a cool experience to have. It's, it, 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 
It's literally my favorite time of the year. There's March Madness, and then there's Western Southern Open. It's it's really cool. If you haven't been, it's you're gonna you have now 25 years, like Trace just said. You have 25 years to go to it. So don't wait till the 24th year, or else another billionaire might snatch it back up. Dude, but for for the answer to your question, I would care more about FC, uh, Western Southern than guys, FCC. Guys, I've got I've, I did some digging. Yeah. I need some breaking news. Thank you, Elliot. This is great because I'm glad you did that because I, I looked up some stats. I, I went on the old GCL website, went back to back when you played tennis. Thank you. And two, you graduated in 2017, correct? That's correct. Your senior year at tennis yeah. and first singles that year, which is the only stat that I see on this website. I was a doubles player, so this is going to be misleading. Your first you, – you guess how many singles matches you won in 2017? Well, I, did, I was a doubles player, so I would play doubles, so I don't know. You did not win a single singles match. You were 0-2. So what happens – okay, so here's the thing about high school so tennis. In doubles, in doubles, I do have your record. I do have your record. You did win one match in doubles, according to the GCL website. Okay, so the GCL website's wrong, then. So that's what, that's what we're doing. I was an all-city tennis player. I have the accolade. I can show it to you if you would like to ask. But that, that is statistically wrong. The elder website... Statistically wrong. The elder, the elder high school website, unfortunately, was ravaged by sex bots. That's not a joke. Somebody hacked the elder high school statistics. So all the stats from every year prior, I think, were hacked by Russians or something. Uh, sex bots, Russians, it was, it was hacked by somebody. So all my stats from that year are gone. But I did win more. And, and also, here's the thing about high school tennis. So, and again, a lot of the people here watching want to hear about this. I'm sure they do. Yeah, they do, Trace. Thank you. High you school know what tennis, they say about all the best tennis players. High school tennis They're is... doubles players. High, high school tennis is... So you have three singles matches and two doubles matches. So it's a best of five, essentially, every match. What you would do, statistically, sometimes to make it make more sense to win these matches, is you would have some guys get stacked into doubles or stacked into certain single spots, and you'd forfeit the, the first singles or whatever because you, you would want to maneuver it in a way where you can win three out of two, or uh, three out of five, excuse me. I was unfortunately lobbed up there to be the mercy rule guy. I was, I was the, the, this guy is just going to lose this match today, but we're going to try to go for a 4-1 or a 3-2 victory. I was that guy a couple times. Everybody usually is. Um, that's just how the sport works. But that's why you're seeing that. I did play singles a couple times, and, and, and that's what happened. But I am a doubles player. Before we move on to the next topic, Kirby, yeah. Kirby wants to watch you play against a high school girls tennis player. Is that the next Chatterbox Challenge? I mean, I, I, I don't know many high school girls. I don't know if Nick Kirby does. but I'm I, glad you don't. I, 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 yeah, I don't. So I, Maybe sure. we can get a hold of Wander Franco. Yeah. If so, I mean, sometimes the joke just – you don't have to say the whole joke. The joke is there, but you don't say the joke. That was Nick. That was Trace. Don't be mad at me. That was Trace who said that. Um, no, I, if, if somebody wants to organize that event, sure, I'll do that. Trace and I think we're going to play tennis at some point too, though. So there's that. All right, next topic, ball hawks. I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Mm. We have our own ball hawk in the city. I'm not going to tell you his name. Uh, we but do. Can I, can I say it? I'm, 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 if you bring it over to me, I'm going to – Okay, well, I, before I, I bring it over to you, this – we'll call him ball hawk X. Ball hawk X responded to a tweet uh, about Zach Campbell. Zach Campbell, if you don't know, is the original ball hawk. He's foul ball guy. He, he's famously caught A-Rod's 3,000th hit. Well, in the playoff, in the first playoff game, I think it was for for Baltimore, Gunnar Henderson hit a home run. It was his first, obviously, career postseason home run. Who caught it? None other than foul ball guy. Our 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 ball hawk playoff at play playhawk or ball hawk, ball hawk X, X 
He responded to this saying it was great footwork, great maneuverability there by uh, this other ball hawk, Zach Campbell. And I found it to be humorous. I found it to be a little bit silly. I don't understand the whole ball hawk trend. I would like to do a video with ball hawk Caleb. If you, oh, ball hawk X. If ball hawk Caleb would want to teach me how to be a ball hawk, I'd be more than willing to do that with him. Next season, we, we go to a game and, and I'll do it with him and we'll do a fun little video. But I do find ball hawking to be a little bit silly. A little bit unserious, but Reed yesterday well, started a quest. Yeah, so I have a quest. You you want to do a video with Ballhawk X, and Ballhawk X, we're going to give him a name because I'm tired of saying X. We'll call him Caleb. So Ballhawk Caleb, um, just a random name, Ballhawk Caleb um, showed a video, as you mentioned, the Zach Campbell video, and I saw it, and I took to this quest. I Some people want friends in this world. Some people want money in this world Correct. some people want to be loved some people just want happiness the way that i find happiness i have found it i want to be caleb 513 ball x caleb 513's cameraman for the next year i want to go to every game with caleb 513 and i want to be his cameraman i tweeted him twice he tweeted me back i don't know how serious these negotiations are but guys i'm going to give you guys my quest is to be his cameraman you guys got to help me in this quest I want you guys to tweet Caleb513, at Caleb513, and I want you to be, you know, sometimes you get a job, what, did, what, what am I looking for when you, um, reference. I want you guys to be my references. Good. I want you to tweet 513 and say, listen, this guy is so good on camera. This guy will show up every day for you, Caleb513. Please, 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 please let Reed Mouse Radio be your cameraman for your ball hawking adventures next year. Listen, no one does it better than, I mean, Zach Campbell is the big name, but Caleb 513 has the better skills. We've seen that. We know it. We're here in Cincinnati. Caleb 513 is what it is. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. The guy got 300 balls this year. I want to film him next year. So I need you guys to tweet at Caleb 513 and say, let Reed Mouse be your cameraman next year. I would, nothing would make me happier. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, that's all okay, I want. That's fair. Trace, what's your opinion on ball hawks? Uh, this is a tough one for me. I, I got to be honest. I think it's one of those things where it's a, it's a tough subject. I don't know. I don't know these ball hawks, folks. I got to be honest. Uh, sometimes I scratch my head with about the whole entire thing. I do wonder, though, at times, do they? <laughs> is it ever a thought that... that uh, is it ever a thought that if there were if there were anyone else trying to ball hawk, then essentially it would it would make it a little more difficult, I guess, and or so just the idea that well, it's just like you, there, you have these crowning accomplishments that you accomplish, but there's literally no one else trying to accomplish it, type thing. So I'm just, you know, it's like you're 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 a race for your own. I guess there's a couple now. Uh, Zach Hampel certainly was the was the uh, the OG the, the, the OG the very first one, and you know. Uh, I, I seen the route that Zach Hample took to that ball, and it looked like somebody that never played high school baseball a day in their life. I mean, we're 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 all over the place. Uh, but to be he fair, like you know, baseball, um, right? yeah, I, I I like I said, the athleticism of said folks that ball hawk uh, can be questioned at times, you know. But I don't want to punch. Some would say down. I don't even want to say that because then it make it sounds like I am certainly looking down while I'm thinking about punching down. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to do that, Some of course. That, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Why would you do I that? I just wonder what's going on upstairs sometimes about that whole situation. Yeah. It, um, but I don't want to, again, I don't know anybody. I don't know Caleb. 
Look, and I think what he's trying to say is we don't know these people personally. If you want to go push over kids for foul balls, you can go ahead and do so. But I'm going to have a little bit of judgment in the back of my mind. I'm not going to say anything public. Uh, I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to keep those words to myself. But do I love ball hawks? No, I don't because I think they're they're a nuisance and they're trying to disrupt the game. And I don't like that. I don't. The game of baseball should be natural and fun. When somebody hits a home run, it's so fun to see. I don't know, little Meemaw get pelted in the chest with that baseball. It's little Timmy, little Billy Bo. Little Billy Bo catches a ball with his glove and his dad's there and they're able to celebrate and they're able to throw the ball back in the field together. I don't want it to be about certain ball hawks running over across the stands. They don't even they don't even take a seat during the game. They're just standing in the alleyways hoping for a home run and steal those balls away from the children or from little or from grandma, from mom, from baba. So that's that's what I don't like about it. But could you like, imagine if there was an elite level athlete that actually decided to be a ball hawk? Like LeBron? Like imagine if LeBron went out yeah, and Yeah, that's hawk. what I was thinking. Like yeah, uh, well, wild. LeBron doesn't really come to mind cuz I know when everyone says elite level athlete, they 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 quickly think of like someone like LeBron. I think a skill set like uh, let's just say for instance Jim Edmonds, you know, if he decided he yeah. was going to take up ball hawking, yeah. you know, he's going to he was going to retire from the game of baseball at the age of 27 years old, 25, 26, 27. He's like, "You know what?" Ball hawking, I think, is is the thing that I decide I, I want to do. I don't want to hawk balls in center field. I want to hawk them <laughs> randomly throughout ballparks. Yeah. What kind of numbers do you think Jim Edmonds puts up? So if we got guys like uh, Caleb five one three getting three hundred baseballs in yeah. a season, what could you? What could possibly Jim Edmonds get? Are we talking five hundred balls? Six hundred? Maybe. Yeah. We're talking records for sure. I mean, these are these are statistical anomalies of. We had real professional athletes out there doing it. And again, this is no knock on Caleb 513. Correct. He has passion He's, for the Reds. He has Nick Nick He, he loves sport. Nick, he loves Nick, the Reds. He loves the Reds. He loves the sport of baseball, which we all love. Listen, I'm if there's anything we should admire, it's the idea of being able to go to that many games and not having any responsibilities in life and being able to go to that many games. That True. is that is a that crowning is a great, achievement that is in a, life. That actually, is a great that's job. that is actually maybe the yeah. biggest accomplishment I've ever heard of is being able to go to like ninety baseball games in a season. Yeah, he travels too. He goes to the road games he as well. He goes to road games. And he went to and, spring training this year. And I I just simply I simply want to be a part of it cuz he does have passion for the game that I love. He has passion for a team that my, my I, family loves. Draft yeah. up a resume. And I just I, I got to get a resume going out yeah. to him. I just need you guys to tweet at Caleb513 and let me film his adventures. I want to make be, sure you send in that uh, that make sure you send in cuz he doesn't want any competition, I'm sure. You know, he doesn't want a guy like a, a collegiate level catcher. No, no. He doesn't want somebody that's a really good catcher probably filming him. So just make sure that if you do that, you at least put your stats in from blood. Correct. Nobody would if they look at your stats, they'll know you're a bum. Baseball reference. So that's that's important to me. And I want to I want to be with them. I want to be out. I want them to <laughs> I want them to strap a GoPro to my head and I want to be out there catching fly balls left and right. A little of this. All right. So that's what I want. Uh, that's the end of that topic. All right. This season has been a magical season for the Reds. I've said the word magical many a time. Um I have been critical. Everybody knows this. Nick Kirby knows this. Trace knows this. KC Reed. Everybody in the world knows it. I'm a critical fan. That's how I was born. That's how I was raised. That's how I am. I'm a very critical person. I watched this team. I saw some players. We used over 65 players this season, which is second most in franchise history, only to last season. I said some things about some guys, and I, and I, and I regret it. I, I'm going to apologize to them right now. So I'm, I, we have a music to play over this. I'm going to get out my list real quick. Uh, and I want to apologize to some of these guys, okay? And it's important to me. Uh, it's important to the fan base. That, and it's important to the players. I want them to know that when I'm a fan and I'm going like, oh, Kevin Newman sucks, 
that's just me being a dumb fan. I'm a dumb person. I'm a dumb fan. So that's what I'm doing with these with with these tweets, with these words I'm saying when I'm saying they're unserious or bad or trash. That's what I'm saying. I don't mean it. It's just a dumb fan. So here we go. Uh, we'll start with Kevin Newman. Sweet, sweet Kevin. You were crowned the utility king. People fought over whether or not you should play at all. Uh, in, in the end, you were DFA, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I said you shouldn't play. I was on the side that uh, your, your splits don't matter. I, I don't care. You, you were coughing up balls left and right over there at second base or shortstop. Didn't matter what position, really. You were playing them all, uh, and you were equally bad at them all. But I, I'm here to say I'm apologize. You were a poor man's Kyle Farmer. Um, you didn't do your job all the time, but I'll tell you what. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I said. Kevin Newman, you're a really good guy. Really good guy. Next up, Stuart Fairchild. Oh, Stu. Sweet, sweet Stu. Silly, silly, silly Stu. I've called you an unserious baseball player for a long time. I still don't think you should be on the roster. But you were a serviceable hitter and a decent fielder. Except for that one game in Chicago I went to when we lost like 16-2. to two. I was there. Uh, no big deal. I will miss you, Stu. I will miss you, Stu, because you certainly won't be on next year's roster. And, and I'm very sorry for all the things I said. I didn't mean it. I'm a dumb fan. Stu, Stuart Fairchild, everybody. Thank you very much. Will Myers. Will, I gave up on you about three days in. I knew you weren't going to cut it. I knew you weren't the same guy that you were in San Diego. I don't trust anybody who doesn't wear batting gloves. You don't wear batting gloves. I just don't believe you. You spell your name with one L. Well, you took a big one this year. Big L. When you were DFA'd about after, I think, a month and a half of baseball. Um, again, I said you were a bum. I said you shouldn't be playing. And it turns out you shouldn't have been because the Reds also agreed, Nick Crawl agreed, and they sent you away. Will, I'm very sorry for all the things I said, and I, and I wish you well on your quest. Daniel Duarte. <laughs> Daniel Duarte. I don't know how you stayed on the roster the whole way. I'm trying to think. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm looking back at this team, and out of all the teams, out of all 67 players that made it to the big leagues, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you stayed all the way through because I never believed in you once. All the way till the end. There wasn't, there wasn't a single pitch you threw that I didn't say beforehand that this was going out of the park. But to your credit, you stayed the whole way. That's what good players do. They fight the adversity. I said you were a bad player. I didn't want to say it. I just, I looked at you. I'm a dumb fan. I'm a dumb person, Daniel. I'm a dumb. You shouldn't take my word. You shouldn't listen to me. I didn't believe in you, but you made it all the way through. Daniel Duarte, I apologize. Farewell, my angel. Nick Senzel. <laughs> Nick Senzel. Um, you can bat against lefties better than anybody. I don't know if that's statistically true, but that's what the Red fan base told me. You were the best hitter against left-handed pitching of all time. Now, granted, the downside of that is you couldn't hit a right-handed pitcher if it was a, uh, a pool ball and they were just lobbing it to you and it floated in the air and you had 10 seconds to s calculate your swing. You couldn't do it if it was a right-handed pitcher. And I'm very sorry about that. I said, you were a bum. I said, you should be sent away. I said, Nick Senzel, you are a Louisville bat when they sent you down again. They sent you down like 30 times in the past two years. Nick, I I'm going to miss you, man. I don't know if you're going to be back next year. A lot of people on the Twitterverse are saying, Nick Senzel should be back. Nick Senzel should be back. Look at the splits. Look at the splits. I don't know if you should. I do know when they sent you down and you came back up for the Arizona series, you hit the biggest spite home run I've ever seen. You look back at the dugout. You look back at the city. You put both fingers up in the air and you flicked us all off because we all doubted you. And in that moment, you were the best player of all time for that one home run in Arizona in the series we lost. Nick Senzel, I'm going to miss you. I don't know if you're going to be back next year. I really don't. But if you are, I know one thing. You're going to hit lefties. You're going to contribute nothing else, but you're going to hit lefties. Money. Jonathan India, I'm sorry the fan base hates you. I supported you every step of the way. 
You aren't a very good fielder, uh, but you were a leader. You were a leader of men. You led this team every game you're a part of. I love you. I don't personally have to apologize to you because, again, I fought for you, but I'm looking around the room at some people who hate you. Um, Trace and Nick Kirby, they don't like you. The Jacob Tissets of the world, they don't like you. Nobody in this city liked you. Evan Maurer, they didn't like you. There were chants at the ballpark saying, trade India, trade India. You shouldn't have been traded, Jonathan. You're a leader of men, and I wanted you here forever. I was on your side the whole way through. I'm not apologizing again for me because I was on your team, but for guys like Trace and Nick and everybody else who hated you, hated your guts, hated you personally. That's a <laughs> I knew I would get him on that one. Hated you personally. I feel sorry for them. And, and Jonathan India, wherever Scott Boris gets you, if he gets you a $200 million deal with the Yankees, good luck to you, buddy. All right, Tyler Stevenson. Oh, Ty. Ty guy. Why were you so bad? I love you. But I had to be critical so much because you couldn't stop a ball. Any ball that hit the dirt, I knew it was going to the backstop. Every starting pitcher didn't want to, didn't want to pitch to you. It was always Luke Maley or Kirk Casale. We'll get to him in a minute. Tyler, I love you. You are a large part of the future. I still believe in you, and I'm sorry for everything I said. I apologize for calling you a bum. I, call, I apologize for saying Chucky should have been. Actually, I don't apologize for that. Chucky Robinson should have been up over you. Uh, I stand by that point, actually. That's a good point. But Tyler, I'm going to miss you. Uh, this offseason, you are going to be back. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to get your swing right. I'm sorry for all the things I said. I'm just a dumb fan. Thank you, Tyler. Kurt Casale, there he is. Kurt, I said you shouldn't have been a part of the team. Because I didn't understand why any roster would have three catchers. I, I didn't understand that. Uh, and the Reds realized that too when they put you on the four-month IL for a left pinky toe contusion. So I really have nothing else. I called you a bum. I think I said you should have been sent to the sun. I apologize for all those things I said. Kirk Casale, you're a good man. Thank you for coming back to Cincinnati one last time, hopefully. Uh, next up, TJ Hopkins. You came up. You went back down. It was forgetful. I said you were unserious. Uh, but your spirit, your, your spirits were unwavering. Your spirit was unmatched. Uh, you were a large part of the success of this team. I, I can't imagine the cheering you did in the, in the dugout several times for all the games you were up. Again, you contributed nothing, so I called you a bum and I said you were unserious. I apologize for that. Uh, but TJ, I wish you, I wish you well on your quest. You're gonna be in our, you're gonna be in Louisville probably forever, and I hope to see you one day. Maybe I'll go down to Louisville one day, or if you get sent down to Double. Sam Mole, slamming Sammy, as many people would call him. You, sir, were the best reliever on this team. My wish list at the All-Star, or at the uh, trade deadline, was to get a left-handed reliever. You were my dream. Was I thrilled with this move when they got you, slamming Sammy? No. I believe I called you a rumpke recyclable uh, when, when we picked you up. And for that, I apologize, because you went on to be the best reliever we had. Uh, we're going to be with you for another five years. You're going to stay on the team. You were dominant. I look forward to seeing you more, Slam and Sam. And finally, as many people were probably hoping for, finally, Andrew, the jester of England, the king of the north, my sweet prince. I never believed in you. I never believed in you once. But you, sir, were better than I could have possibly imagined. I still think when there is runners on base, you'll blow the game. I don't trust you at all. I have no evidence of that, by the way, that you'll blow any game. I don't know. I don't have any statistic in front of me. I'm sure Nick Kirby's putting in the chat. But Ian, my sweet prince, you did great this year. I didn't believe in you. The city didn't believe in you. Nobody believed in you, Ian. But you came out, and you shoved it up our throats, and you won, baby. That's you, Ian. That's you, the sweet prince of England. Um, I'm going to name my firstborn son Ian Jabot. It'll be Ian Jabot Rearing. And um, I love you, and I'm sorry I doubted you. And anything I said that was critical about you, Ian, it was wrong. 
I love Ian Jabot. I love England. Let's go win a World Series next year. That's it. I wanted to get all my apologies out uh, because, again, I'm a dumb fan, and that's what I do. I say dumb things. I, 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 I think of my brain, my first thought, my, thirst, my first instinct. I just tweet it away, and I wanted to make sure all those players knew I don't mean that. You said you're going to name your son Ian Jabot Rearing. Yeah. Is he going to go by Ian? Is he going to go by Jabot, or is he going to go by like Gibby or something like that? No, it'll be Ian Jabot. I'll put full respect on his name. I don't, I don't get cute. Okay. I don't get cute like that. People are saying I should apologize to Dreamweaver. I was the biggest Dreamweaver fan of all time. Yeah, why well, do you apologize? Yeah, I'm not apologizing. Dreamweaver was my guy. But that's it. I want to get all, all, all that off the, off the table. Uh, Trace, you agree with that list? I, I imagine you agree with everything I said. Nah, did I, do I agree with everything you said? Everything I Probably said, Probably yeah. not. No, no, I don't think that I do. But <clears throat> Sir Boy was asking if the segment was ever going to end. I think the segment just ended, so yes, it did end. However, there was some good moments. There was some good moments there. What? Some good topics of conversation. I wanted to be... I wanted... Like Molly. Molly joined us a member during that, that she whole... Did. Molly! Molly! You got Molly. Molly! Your, your whole entire apology really... Uh, it really does what many psychologists say would be a buying tactic because it was so good and molly couldn't believe her eyes so she's like i just have to become a nut cutter after listening to this apology did nick kirby say anything i couldn't go back in the chat i was reading my monologues so kirby he said that uh, everything he, you said he did he agreed he with everything every you said he, okay. he, he apologized for his slanderous comments about jonathan india and then the end he said uh he said jonathan india is a leader that's right in grounding into double plays ah Took it away. He almost got me. <laughs> he, he did get me. He didn't almost get me. He just got me there. Um, Tyler Stevenson, by the way, grounded into 16 double play balls. So I don't know who won the double play battle. If we can find that stat for me, uh, that would be great. But Tyler Stevenson, I know, grounded into 16. And he also couldn't field a ground ball either. All right, next up, we have Sharon Peters. Yes, yes. So, guys, I don't know how to say this. Listen, back in, back in March of 2020, a virus kind of took over the world, right? It kind of we, we had to we had to sit at home. We had to make sure that, that we got over this. And now here in October of 2023, three and a half years later, a virus has taken our chat by storm. Sharon Peters, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are coming in here, just bonking around in our chat left and right? I don't know who you are, Sharon. I don't know who you are, but I'm gonna figure it out. Listen. I've got a particular set of skills, skills that make me a nightmare for a person like you. I'm going to find out who Sharon Peters is. I don't know if Sharon Peters is in this chat right now, but I hope they are. I hope you are, Sharon, because I'm going to figure out. I think you're Paul, if I'm being honest. If we're, if, we're looking, <laughs> if we're looking right here, I think you're Paul, which is just ridiculous. I mean, what, Paul, what are we doing here? What are we doing? If it's not Paul, maybe I, I don't know who it is. It's either Paul or Mouse Cop. It's one of you Xavier bums. It's one of you Xavier bums. I don't know. And there's, it's not just, and that's the thing I wanted to put up there. There's other trolls too. Trolls have been taking over our, our, our live show off the bench every morning, 10 to 12 p.m. a.m. p.m. Uh, one of them is Smelliot. Somebody got really cute with my name. He put an S and an M in front of the E uh, to form a word, Smelliot, to insinuate that I smell, which I might. Um, and then there was another one. What's the other one that I, uh, Casey, help me out? Uh, the other troll account. There's Smelliot. Oh, it's uh, George Santos. George Santos. George, he's, going to, he's going to prison. George, the real George Santos, we know it's not him because, like Reed said, he is going to federal prison, I believe. Um, but I believe all these three people are Paul. Paul decided to quit and leave us, and he came back threefold. 
with three different burners, each one worse than the next. So thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Mouse Cop. Whoever's running these burners, we're going to find you. We're going to find you. We're going to find you. Reed and I are going to run an investigation. We're just going to find you. So that's, that's, that's what there is. All right. Let's get in the vault. Let's get in the vault. Roll. What we got? What we got in the vault? All right. So I, I've been looking at this. I wanted to just be a degen today. Everybody, there's a time in your moment. There's times in your lives. There's moments in your lives. There you go. I'll find it. Um, when you're like, I just want to be a degen. And that's what I want to be today. I wanted to be a degenerate gambler responsibly using Bedford Sportsbook. I want to degenerate all over this board tonight. Uh, number one, UTEP taking on Florida International. That's right. You're thinking Wednesday? Surely there's not football on, right? Wrong. <laughs> You'd be wrong. Uh, UTEP is taking on Florida International. I'm going to take UTEP. UTEP. The Utes. Plus three. Uh, I'm also going to take a money line plus 130. And I'm going to take the over. Over 43 and a half. That's UTEP versus Florida International. That game kicks off at 730. I'm also going to take, you probably think to yourself, well, if there's one, there's certainly not another. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday in October. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Sam Houston State taking on New Mexico State at 9 p.m. We got a double feature. A double feature plus three and a half. I'm taking Sam Houston State. I'm going to take him plus 150 on the money line, and I'm going to take the over in that as well, 42. I'm not, <clears throat> full disclosure, not going to watch a single down. I'm not going to turn on the TV about it. I'm not going to check the guide to see what channel it's on. I just know I'm going to have those bets, and when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be a very, very rich man. Those are my picks. What a wild bet. You went against Florida. Listen, when people think of Florida, they think of a lot of things. A lot of things. Beaches, you know, sure. a, a diverse population. You think of Ron Sanctimonious. But you think of international who represents both Florida and international more than Mr. Worldwide? Pitbull. You're betting against Pitbull tonight. Nah. Instead, listen, Pitbull has almost mastered two different languages. He's so close to knowing two different languages. And you are betting against Mr. Worldwide when you're betting against Florida International. That's what I don't get it, don't get about you. What a terrible yeah, bet. That's fair. Where am I going in the vault today? On Betfred Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook in the world. I'm going none other than the, the late slate. 9.07 today, the Los Angeles Dodgers will play against the Arizona Diamondbacks down in Phoenix. You're going to take the over in that game. Nine and a half runs is where the line currently is. Go ahead, flip on that over, and just sit here. You get a cheer for runs. You get a, you get a clap when they round the bases. You get a clap when the millionaires just go around and touch yeah. the big pillows. That's yeah. what you like. I love That's it. That's what you like. Take like, the over. By the way, game. you mentioned Pitbull. I just wanted to – Pitbull's a lyrical – Pitbull's a lyrical yes. genius, and I want to just go over a quick paragraph of, of, his, of his lyrics. Me not working hard? Yeah, right. Picture that with a Kodak. Or better yet, go to Times Square. Take a picture of me with a Kodak. Nice. Took my life from negative to positive, and I just want y'all to know that. And tonight, let's enjoy life. Pitbull, Nair, Neo, tonight. Tonight. In the everything tonight. Trace, what are we betting tonight? I am going to go with the over on the Braves Phillies, and I am going to adjust it to 11 and a half. So I'm going to go over 11 and a half plus uh, right around plus 200. Two to one on 11 and a half. You like that. Yep. I think some runs are going to be scored yep. down there. Yep. Uh, this Braves offense has been too good. The Phillies offense, they obviously are good as well, but this series has been too in my opinion, like um, it's been too pitch pitch heavy. Um, so I'm just going to tell my brain that tonight there's going to be a lot of runs and the Braves offense is going to be back. 
I might even I might even factor in the fact that I might parlay that, which is always a terrible idea when you're trying to gamble is parlay. If you if you often you say you should have told that to me this weekend say, and destroy the board often with my say, If you often say to yourself, I'm gonna parlay this, as soon as parlay comes out of your mouth, usually you're a bad gambler. Not always, but usually. Um, so tonight I'm probably gonna burn a little bit of money just because you know um, Louisville allowed me the opportunity to do that. So shout out to the Cardinals. Um, and I'm going to take the Braves um, with the run line. So I'm going to give, a, I think, a run and a half, which is always a bad idea in baseball, too, if we're being honest. And then I'm going to also add over 11 and a half runs. So I think the Braves are just going to wax the Phillies tonight. Double digits from no the No idea Braves? if that's going to happen, but that's what I'm going to root Harrow, for. Harrow says, uh, can you only give full game bets like I did? Um, he doesn't do witchcraft parlays. Mm. That's I'm going to take the Braves. Take the Braves. Well, I'm going to NHL. I'm going oh, to some pucks. You puckhead. I'm going to <laughs> you some little pucker. You. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> oh, puckhead. Fuck you. Fuck oh, you. Fuck you, guys. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going with the Colorado Avalanche, my favorite NHL team. Sure. They, they're just going to take over the NHL. Nathan McKinnon leads the league, or he's fifth in the league in, in points and assists. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to parlay mm. the Avalanche yeah, to win, yeah. and Nathan McKinnon and over in his assist, which is just half, 0.5. So right. one assist. How do you record and an that, assist in hockey, Casey? That is plus 145. Great question, Reed. I'm assuming what, what you need to do. What am I looking for when I'm watching this bet happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming what you need to do is just, you know – Pass it to a guy who then eventually scores. Sure. Okay. That's sure. what that's what an assist sure. usually that sounds means. great. That's what I'm looking so, for. Yeah, that's that what sounds I'm great. For. That's what you that's guys looking should be for. looking for. Hockey assists can be two passes, right? It can be yeah. two passes. It can be two passes. Casey, you want to explain to me um, offsides in soccer? Offsides in soccer is when you, as the defending team, sure. Yeah. Make a line it. at the last at the last defender. You make a line. Yeah. If the offender, the offense of player, goes past that line mm -hmm. at all, yeah, a smidgen, sure. just a pinky, one hundred percent, they are then offsides as the ball. If the ball, if the Got ball it. is then passed pass to them. To yeah. Now, if the ball is in the Got air, it. if the ball is in the air before they cross that line, they're good. Got they're on. Can you explain now icing in hockey? Icing. Yeah, it's a penalty in hockey. Yeah, you pucker. <laughs> maybe <laughs> next time maybe next time next time we'll get him all right let's go in the lunch let's go to the wheel of lunch we haven't done it in quite some time do you want to do the race of lunch or the just hey elliot you bring up a good point while he's bringing up uh, lunch options this is uh, i think i could get more into soccer yeah. if they were to develop an offside system similar to hockey it's a lot simpler to understand it's also it also doesn't allow a defense to be what I would like to call lazy and get away with it too, you know, mm -hmm. like in soccer where, and by soccer, of course, we mean American football. football and yeah. by not American football, I mean just straight up football. Just football. That's what they call it there. Because American but football. But point is, is, uh, point is, is that when the defense is allowed to run away from their goal and not defend it and get rewarded for it, yeah. I can't buy into that. I don't, I'm not going to follow that logic. And you can't sit here and sprinkle a little a little bit of uh, sauce on it and say, well, it's a strategy. It's a strategy yeah. being bad at defense. That's that makes that makes it good. No, it sounds like a terrible, terrible, terrible rule that should have been adjusted a long time ago. Same idea with the injuries, right? It's like, well, 
we have a time, we have a clock, but we don't have a real clock. We have a fake clock. The clock just continues to run no matter what happens. Yep. And we have some arbitrary number that the referee makes up. And then we have to just trust the referee is actually telling the truth. And there's no biases there. There's no hidden agenda there by the referees. So we'll just assume that that said clock is kept correctly by that referee. And the other, the other thing that I'm curious about with these uh, soccer fans, by soccer I mean football, is that I don't really understand how you could possibly get into a game where the clock is just arbitrary and it doesn't matter because of a run. See, I was at a soccer game with my son earlier uh, this last past Saturday. Of course. And they were like, I was like, the clock, the clock's going to run out. The clock's going to run out. And he's like, well, they got to make this run and then they'll blow the whistle. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me that if it looks like there's an opportunity for a team to possibly score while they are making a run or they're, they're trying to score, then you let them play it all the way out, even if it's past time? How does that make any sense? It's it good, doesn't. It's a good point, Trace. It's a really good point. Some are saying that's the real reason that Americans can't get behind football is because it just doesn't make yeah. logical sense. You know what? You, football, you mean What do you mean when you say soccer? Fo I mean soccer. Oh, but they don't call it soccer. Casey. Right. I need one. one Long one John voice. Silver's. Merchy. What's that? It's the Indian oh restaurant. Oh my gosh, how many street. how many are on here? A lot, Trace. You've never been a part of the Wheel of Lunch. We have to this is a, there's a lot of options we can go to. Merchy, how do you spell that? M I R C H I. Okay. Um how's a way to make soccer better for me would be to have add a second ball. So there would be two balls going at once, and then the out of bounds line is an electric fence. So put some mounds and some 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 hazards out there, maybe yeah. some sand and some yeah. water. Yeah. Yes. I think that would make it better. I think two balls and an electric fence. Goal. A, moving goal. a moving goal would be great. No goalies either. Trace, one more from you. Um Sonic. Sonic something. Oh. Genus. Put how, genus. Could I, how could I possibly Put genus. how could I possibly missed it? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Put genus. No. Why? Because I'd like for you guys to work today. That's like a two-hour lunch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with United Dairy Farmers. You nice. Guys, you guys can go get some hot dogs off the rolls. Some rollers. Some rollers. All right, here we go. <laughs> no thanks. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Gold star. It was Windy. a... Oh, get, a get, get a hold of no! yourself. I mean, have you ever seen the wheel before? Come on. Clean it up. Sorry. Goodness Sorry, gracious. The good option's gone. Here we go. Molly, Molly brought up a great one. Keep going. That is Keep genuinely going. great. Keep going. Keep going. And Keep she going. said Reds in Seven Mile, which is... Is that, is that New Miami, the Reds hamburger shop? Is that what you're talking about? New Miami, yeah. Okay. Seven Mile, New Miami. Well, I was just but reading what Molly said, but you're right. It Elliot is New Miami. Elliot would step foot in a New Miami. Damn. Well, they got a great high school. I've seen the facilities. Uh, let's stop. Let's 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 uh, new subject. I wasn't making this. Up. I was just adding on to your guys' conversation. I, I I did nothing wrong. Smell you later, Canes. Canes, another good option off the board. I punched down on all high schools because Elder's the best. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. EDF. Thank best God. I love UDF. UDF is my favorite place on earth. I just don't like hot dogs off the rollers. Well, they have other things as well. They have breakfast sandwiches. You could have made. You could have found something there. But it's lunch. It's the wheel of lunch. 
Well, some people like breakfast or lunch. We should have put Waffle House on there considering you've never been. That's a ridiculous thing and I've ever heard in my life. That's wild. Should have been that. Here we go. Archie's uh, making it a long time. So is Gold Star. McDonald's, thank God. See you later. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Everett says only like chicken fingers. It's somewhat accurate. Sorry, Reed. Oh, no. Really I want you guys that. to experience some Indian food. I'm really sorry about that. No way. That was on the list? Yeah, it's great. Can't do it. You, can't, you don't like Indian food? I mean, just the smell. It's just preposterous. Oh, Gold no. star. Yeah, baby. Oh. See ya. Uh, That's one of the good options. I would say two good options here. Two yep. great Long options. Long John Silver's twice. I think <laughs> Long John Silver's <laughs> and Firehouse. Two good options. That's oh, wow. Uh, uh. Yes. Oh, Firehead. Yes. What is Firehead? That's what? Fire. That's Firehouse. <laughs> That's Firehouse. I saw him put Firehead. What? I saw him put Firehead Burrito. Firehead? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Yes, oh, we're, going we're going to Long John's. We're going to Long John's. We're going. Love that. We're Love going. that. We're actually going. Yep. All right. We respect the wheel. Sign us off, leader. Thank you for listening to Box Lunch. We'll be back at some point later in this week, maybe Friday, maybe Thursday. Uh, that would be tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see when we come back. And again, be a part of the membership. You'll get this every day. So there's that for you. Uh, signing off. This has been Elliot Rearing. This has been Off the Bench. This has been Reed Mouse. This has been Trace Fowler. This has been Casey McAllister. This has not been Paul Fritchner because he quit. See you later. Have a great day.